Truck Show podcast live from SEMA 2018, powered by Nissan, featuring the best factory warranty in the industry, five-year, 100,000 miles, and Decked, the premier storage solution for all compact, mid-size, full-size trucks and vans. Live from the SEMA show in Las Vegas, the Truck Show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck, cause truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. It's the Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Day number what at SEMA 2018? Oh, my feet are telling me it's day six, but I think it's only day three. (laughs) What, 10 miles yesterday? Do you know what is amazing is that if you change your uh, your socks, it, it invigorates your feet. Mm, we should try that. I've been wearing the same ones for three days. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> All right, let's go talk to some people. All right, so, uh, I think I see somebody over here. Mr. Sean Holman, we're joined by one Mr. Gail Banks. Who? <laughs> you mean, happy, I'm just happy to be here. You mean the guy that yeah. I've been hanging out with for like the past two days and he just can't get rid of me? That same guy, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like that piece of lint on your shirt that you keep flicking off and like you just can't get the it. The wind blows it back on. <laughs> At breakfast this morning, it was funny. You had like uh, syrup in your beer. It's still there. Oh, well. You, you what did I tell you? I told you that the air here in Vegas is super dry. I throw syrup in my beard, clearly on purpose. Once it dehydrates, I pull it out of my beard and I uh, use it as a throat lozenge. It's a little <laughs> snack. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we're here with, uh, with our good friend, uh, Gail Banks. And, in fact, Gail, the last time he was on the show, he's been one of our highest rated uh, guests and, and I think, you know, we've had a few episodes that had a few more listens, but not as much email as we got from the Gale episode. The most feedback the by, episode, by far. Yeah. And we're not saying this. I've told you this off air. It's true. It's legitimate, Gale. Yeah. Guys email us. And, well, for example, they I asked think, us to have, like, can you have Gale on for two more hours? Because I could listen to him talk forever. And it's just like, you don't really want another two-hour <laughs> podcast. And then we, that, we just yeah, get here we two, go. Yeah, here we yeah. go. <laughs> So something kind of special happened last night, Gail. Can we can we tell the story? Well, we had a bunch of our friends, uh, dealers that. Uh, oh, there's one of the of dealers our, now. Yeah, Hold on, yeah, yeah. just calling that. me, trying this to order something. Super important. <laughs> well, so, why are you on the stupid podcast? Go make money. Yeah. So we had a party, so to speak, schmoozing a little bit. Uh, then we unveiled. Uh, <laughs> this is really dramatically lit in a, <laughs> like a jeweler's showcase. Our semi-finished billet diff cover. Which, by the way, looked freaking amazing. So I've seen the drawings. I, I've sort of been around, uh, along for the ride with you two as this, as this program progressed. And, and you couldn't really say anything. And it, it really started as a, uh, as a lightning F-up, which is uh, my favorite part of the story. Um, <laughs> I'm proud of my screw-ups. No, so as but, long as they end like this. Well, yeah, but... See, but, I, you know what I did? I fell backwards and Gail caught me. Well, I don't know if that's what it is. I, I feel like Gail hit you in the knees with a baseball that's bat. That's really and actually said, what happened. Get up, you pussy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's maybe more accurate. All right, yes. so, yeah. so for our listeners who don't know, the way this started is, is Lightning, and we've talked about this before, works for Gail. And it gone out to a truck show and then started seeing all of these differential covers that were on the backs of trucks and figured, hey, that's not a very expensive 
piece we could get into, sell a ton of it, get the bank's name out there. They're on the back of every truck that you follow on the freeway, blah, 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 blah. Goes in, starts uh, having the uh, team design a, a diff cover. And uh, Gail walks in one day and goes, what the hell are you doing? And how do you even know if it works? And, uh, you know, back and forth. So they became this video series where you guys were testing all of the diff covers out there to see if they actually do what they say, higher capacity, cool, all that good stuff. And realized, hmm, maybe it's not all what it's cracked up to be. Has anybody ever done research on it? So you guys went to task and, and bought plastic see-through covers so you can see what's happening on the inside. Or manufactured them. Or manufactured yeah. them. Lights, sensors, the whole nine yards to see what was actually happening inside your differential and said, we can do this better. Hundreds hundreds of hours of time on the dyno. Hundreds of And there's of a video hours. series yes, out. Right. So if you go to uh, Banks Power YouTube, right? Or, or the Facebook page. Or the Facebook correct? page. Yep. You can uh, find those videos and it's, I believe, it's one, two, and three are out with four hopefully to follow shortly. There's actually four. Well, okay. it was going to be a three-part series and now there's <laughs> five of a three-part okay. series. Yeah. But we haven't. Yeah. There's still one yet to come and that will have all the data that we found. So Gail is compiling all the data and we're going to share that with everyone. Why the differential covers that are on the market, why some of them do work, why some of them don't live up to the promises, and then how Gail has solved the, the real problem. Please tell me that Professor Banks will be uh, drinking Monster during this one more time. <laughs> oh I had more God. people say, man, Gail and Monster, what was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> he went and he was like, no, I, he, he needed to pick me up. Was, we shot it in the afternoon. I and I go, and right I now. Said, and I handed him to, I said, here, just take a swig of this. And I remember Gail, I was very specific. He said, don't drink more than a quarter of this can because I'll nurse one all day long. Yeah. And and so he takes a swig and then we shoot another. <laughs> He's like, I didn't like that take. So we did it again. <laughs> he takes another one. Four takes later, he had drank half the can. I'm like, and I took it out of his hand. I go, no, stop. <laughs> I was awake by then to be sure. <laughs> yeah. That stuff will kill you. <laughs> you drink it too was much not going to kill you, but no, it was it was all fun. It was all fun. And and they actually, uh, Monsters, they're going to be supporting some of the things we're working on in the future, which I can't so talk about. So I shouldn't say that they'll kill you? That, yeah, no, so bad. don't say that. That's not good for marketing? No, no, it's okay. not. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, pull, I'll pull back. They just make you feel weird, really weird and happy, I guess. No, no, they give you the energy that you need. Okay, is that what the marketing line? Yeah. Is? All right, okay. let's continue on the story of the differential covers, though. Our differential so, covers. So Go. last night we we pulled the, uh, uh, the the sheet off this display case, and and no one knew that we were going to do that, and we we didn't made know it. we were going to do it until a couple <laughs> it, of days ago. It was it we was literally off. took it off the machine in in, in SoCal yesterday morning and drove it over here. How many hours at that point? So, so this is a rapid prototype. You had it CNC machines. They'll be cast in the future for the production models, but you had to get the prototype. And, well, to test, yeah. And how many hours of machining went in? Because that is one hell of an intricate piece. Uh, I think it's over 150 hours. Yeah. Oh, my God. Over 150 hours of CNC time, and it's go wow. going back on the machine. Yeah, Monday, oh, Monday morning it'll not, go back on. Yeah. It's not finished. The last segment of the diff cover... Uh, video series will have test results but we need to have the test results on our design too right so that's kind of held it up and uh, there's some unique stuff going on with this first of all I'm an engine guy and if, if my product doesn't make a difference whether it's a cold air intake or a turbo kit First of all, you have to feel the difference. Secondly, you know, if it's engine stuff. <clears throat> Secondly, I like to 
kind of benchmark or fingerprint the competition and know what I'm up against. You know, if if you're building a racer and you 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 want to win a endurance boat series like we used to do or drag boat or you you have to know what it will take to be better than the rest of the guys and therefore win right. the race or set the record. Well, we've got about six decades of winning the race and setting the record going on, and we've broke a few times, but most times we were prepared. Races are won in the shop. If, if you give the driver a cap pistol, he's not going to do much. If you give the driver... Uh, a, a serious Bushmaster, yeah, Gatling gun, <laughs> fifty cal, right? Then he can hit the target. I I don't want to be the reason we lost a, a race. So this competitive thing is built into me, and I, you know, it's I don't know testosterone to a, a small uh, uh, adrenaline, uh, and maybe. Uh, too much perfectionism but it's got to be if it's ours and it goes on the market it's got to be valuable it ha- it has to be worth the money well, not just a piece of freaking bling let's touch let's touch on that so, so what was interesting and, and I watched the video series as did a bunch of my colleagues and friends and we've talked about it and Lighting and I have talked about it and you and I have talked about it I think what's interesting is on face value you think yeah you know what Take a piece of thin stamp metal, put a heat sink on the back, aluminum, fins, something like that, yeah. make some more capacity, and it, it has to be better, right? But then you start looking at the, the, the fluid dynamics that are happening inside exactly. going, are the bearings getting everything they need? Yeah, there's more fluid capacity. Is it even the right level? Is that the right fill line? And then you start thinking, oh, the way the back of the uh, differential cover is shaped has a major impact on how the oil gets spread out, cavitation and mm-hmm. aeration of the, of the fluid. Um, and then you think, and this is probably the, the biggest revelation, I never once thought of this before, but there is a dead spot of air behind the differential when you're driving down the road. Absolutely. And so what happens is those fins don't have airflow over them, we or not know, what you think. And, and we didn't know that. It was really fun to watch Gail discover this by placing anemometers right. for and aft. People have asked, yeah. what's the fan behind there? So if you've seen the videos, that fan is I've answered so many of those comments. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I, I love the video, but what's that fan thing? Yeah. It's secret sauce. Don't worry about it, kid. <laughs> well, we went out on the street and, and placed anemometers measure wind speed. The ones we use will also measure wind direction. So we, we were able to do a flow map of the air flowing over the differential and uh, you know we put one of the anemometers directly in the slipstream about 20 inches back uh, centered up on the diff cover virtually I mean the wind speed there was nothing so I went oh man interesting yeah there's there's a dead spot as Sean just said behind the rear end so you put fins all over it and they don't see much right the second thing is there's a total lack of fins inside any of these diff covers that are, are effectively placed. 
So I noticed that in the inside of yours, you had a, a variety of fins. You had some at the top that kind of curved in. Mm -hmm. You had some on the bottom, and it looked like not only were you using them as heat sinks to reach into the fluid, but you're also yep. using them to channel the direction of the fluid as well. Yeah, the, uh, the ring gear picks up the fluid out of the sump and carries a, a, between the ring gear and the cover all the way to the top, and then it's slung forward to, to the front pinion bearing set, and it floods through the rear pinion bearing, the one that, with the deflection load, the pinion gear against the ring gear, the pinion, the pinion wants to leave. Sure. So there's a high load there, and you've got to cool that bearing. So we found the fluid dynamics, the guys that have done all of them that are on the market either didn't care uh, or weren't aware or whatever. Uh, and, and doing our plastic versions, man, you become aware of what's going on in there. You can only th theorize. Uh, th then you see it. Sure. And it's like, son of a gun. Uh, uh, what you surmised actually came out to be true. So there's a lot of wives' tales and old school thought. Well, uh, the axle bearings aren't going to get enough lube unless you double the uh, you know, go from one gallon of lube to, to up to two gallons in there. You, you got to flood the axle tubes. Well, no, you don't. You need to get lube in the axle tube sufficient to lubricate the, those bearings at, at the outer end. And if you overfill the thing, then you bury the ring and pinion in lubricant. And you have a situation where you're working the hell out of the lubricant. Right, because there's more resistance. Yeah. Because you're using heavy 90-weight yeah, gear, it, gear lube. At least, or 140 yeah. or sure. whatever. But yeah. the, the, the bottom line being, you're doing work to the lubricant. You're heating it. Yeah. That's horsepower. And if the horsepower doesn't hit the road, you still burnt the fuel to make it. Sure. So we, we wanted to cool it properly lube it properly and minimize the loss of fuel economy or increase fuel economy. So I looked at it and my starting point is always this. Some guys with an element of genius designed the damn axle in the first place. Sure. And they're pros at it. So when a guy comes in and just piles in lubricant and screws up the fluid dynamics, he's defeating the original design. Okay, so let's so let's take that line of we thinking. We want to add to the original design. Perfect. We don't want to go backwards, we want to go forwards. Perfect segue. So what makes your diff cover different? Because it, it, looks, it looks like it's out of this world, the way it was there laid is, up last night. There is night. some secret sauce there right. that we haven't touched <laughs> on yet. Right, and so let's go into what you've done, or maybe not exactly what you've done, but what's your philosophy in the product that you want to bring to market, mm -hmm. and, and, and how are you achieving the results that, that, you, that you want? Okay, so the first thing is, things hold roughly a gallon. Uh, these, these axles we're talking about with this diff cover... Uh, our 2001 up, uh, three-quarter and one-ton GM and uh, Mopar Ram product. So there's millions of trucks out there, I, I would estimate. Uh, the, the deal is I wanted to start with the fluid dynamics and make them correct. So we did a curved 
inner uh, liner, if you will. And I wanted to keep the lubricant in a channel adjacent to the ring gear all the way up and over to, to where it expels it forward. So we ribbed the channel. Also adds surface area, better heat transfer to the outer fins. The second thing was couple the lubricant in the sump to the outside. So more surface area inside gives you more thermal coupling to the outside. And while we were doing those fins, which were internal, we stacked them off of the ring gear and, and speedometer reluctor wheel in such a way that they help channel the lube from the sump up into the, into that ribbed area. And these are, if you will, the ribs were with the flow, not against the and flow. And we'll post pictures on uh, at Truck Show Podcast so that you can see exactly what Gail's referring to. You know, it's funny, at the, uh, at the party last night, before it was even over, it was on the internet. Some of the yeah. dealers that were there, Alligator Performance in particular, had sure. shot it. And it was already on the internet before our party was over. Like yeah. it was, they were, their mouths were agape. It was really cool to see. And they immediately came up to Gail like, congratulations. We, so, no one knew that there was a problem. You, you, you exposed the problem and you solved it before all of our very eyes. It was really neat for me to be a part of. Can we talk yeah. about the air scoop? That's, sure, that, sure. that's the money maker that, right that's there. The, that's when you look at it, that's ram, what looks different. Ram air. Yeah. So when we measured the flow under the truck, uh, this was a one-ton one dually, we found that the airflow over the top of the axle is kind of lazy. Sure. The airflow under the axle at 60 miles an hour, it's around 35 mile, miles an hour under the axle. So that, that's a good velocity. I thought, how about we integrate air scoops into the casting that don't hang lower than the, than the center of the differential housing? They give you the same ground clearance, but they come, come out into the airflow coming under the axle, and they curve upwards. There's fins inside of them as well, and they curve upward and direct the air uh, up into that dead spot behind the diff cover. How well this will work? I don't know. Gonna, <laughs> sure wait, looks cool. Yeah. yeah, well, he's honest we're about gonna, it. But yeah, it, we're going to find out, but well, and, it's, it's, it, I felt it was unique enough. You, you know, I... It'll be a signature Banks part, I guarantee you. If, if it ends up working just the way it looks, and, and let's, let's, there's guys who are listening who are off-roaders, and they're going... Why would you want to have anything hanging you lower? Wouldn't. You wouldn't. This isn't yeah. for that no, crowd. No. There are two kinds of differential covers. There are kinds for the guys who tow and work and need capacity and cooling. And then there's the heavy-duty diff covers that are usually nodular iron against bashing rocks. This is not that diff cover. This is for the guy who's working his truck, who is towing, who has a need for keeping that rear axle temperature alive. in check. Yeah. yeah, keeping it alive. And keeping the loop temperature in check. We found... All our tests to date of competitive product and the stock uh, steel diff cover, that in our test, we went over 300 degrees. That's death for the lubricant. This, yeah. We're running uh, 75W90 synthetic. Sure. And, you know, that's very typical. We're using Mopar branded synthetic since we're testing against testing their cover. Testing on Mopar, right. yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. 
But the same thing will hold for the GM version of this axle, which is virtually identical in this di di differential housing area. And the, uh, the, the Ford guys are going, ooh, ooh, what about us, what about us? Uh, the reality is, is American axle manufacturing, AAM, mm -hmm. makes a lot of the axles for both GM and for Ram. So right. mm -hmm. start there to cover a lot. That doesn't mean you won't include Ford in the future. Well, we're on the Ford right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's next. I want to make sure, because those guys are going, oh, hey, yeah, well, what about us? So just so we're clear, that you'll cover all we three just, with the final design, we, whatever We just up. bought a new 2019. Yeah, so we've got a... Yes. You're not letting uh, Lightning drive that, are you? He, he's driving my Mustang right now. Well, that's why <laughs> my, little, my little EcoBoost. Yeah. Keep him, keep him safe driver, in that. Yeah. I'm a good driver. <laughs> yeah, I don't see any scratches. So I found, going out online, and I had other guys in the office do independent searches. I told them what my ideas were, and we all went out and looked worldwide... For the better part of a week, we found nothing that resembles what we're doing. So I, I thought, you know, I, I, all my life, 60 years, we've started industries. 60 years in business. Yeah, yes. 60 years in business, yeah. You know, we're, we're innovators. We're early adopters. We're pioneers. Turbocharging, you know, in the, in the 60s and diesel in the 70s and offshore boats all kinds of them. I'm just amazed that you know, the, you know this type of axle has been around for over a hundred years. Exactly. And you're still able to innovate, right? Like, yes. That's just amazing. Like I, I, it blew my mind. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you've had Mag High Tech. I don't know when they started. What late '80s, early '90s, and it and the design immediately caught on. Sort of the it, gold standard, it, the, right? It is the gold standard, and and everyone just assumed it worked, and they just all copied it. Yeah. AFE, PPE, ATS. Like I could I could go on and on, and they all look very similar. That's a severe lack of innovation right there. So. We, so what Gale, you just you, said, you mean what uh, Lightning was trying to do at Banks guy, by doing yes, the same thing? And, and Lightning <laughs> was doing the same thing when, yeah. I, when I discovered it. The point is that point why you is, beat, him, beat him to a bloody pulp in the, uh, <laughs> in the janitor's I'm closet? Learning. The point is, people copy. And they, uh, those flat back diff covers, the major difference, uh, difference is the name uh, on the back. Right. And there's no freaking engineering in these things. So I went. That's where Gail shines when it comes to engineering. Well, and, the, and another thing, we've talked about this before. Gail owns his own company. It's not a conglomerate. Nobody bought him. It's not the bank's name. Gail goes to work every single day. So if Gail is not going to put his personal stamp of approval on it, it ain't happening. No, it's not. I've watched that happen in front of my own eyes. <laughs> so the speed equipment business, the stuff is supposed to improve the performance. And that's what I do. That's So... I'm tired of being copied. I've had it. Uh, early on, I, I patented a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm back at it. And one of the things in this series, once I realized that I had utility, that's different than anybody else, I spent eight days writing a patent. Yeah. And it's... How many patents do you have? I think around 16, because okay. I have some foreign ones, too. And 16 I, more than myself. I, and it, So I learned that we have some patents, Banks has patents, that the OEs have violated. Oh, now, I know. We don't, Gail and I have talked about it. We won't talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. I just, yeah. want, I just nope. want that to Absolutely. be known. It's fascinating. It's, we, we, we're, we're, um, there have been times Gail went and pitched an idea and found out that his patent was violated by the OEs. But because of his close business relationship, you sort of pick and choose your exactly. battles. Exactly. Yes, you do. And, uh, you, you know... 
it's an engineering group that might might have violated the patent uh, on certain things. But if you're doing business with the same companies, to hard, your hard, point, hard to bite the hand. You just have yeah, to let it slide. I bite the bullet. Yeah. Yeah. But but in this case, this is an easily copied set of patentable ideas. If somebody starts splashing it, it you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be all over them. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see myself well, coming down I the mean, road. I mean, just looking at how ugly uh, Lightning's face is now after his pummeling by uh, Gale in the <laughs> oh. janitorial closet. No, the black and blue's gone. It's, uh, <laughs> he's like a like a dog that's finally learned that, uh, you know, stop being on his so, own so, shoes. So, so, the, so the cover's going to go back on the CNC machine Monday morning. Yep. It'll be finished up. Gale will do a lot of research on it. Um, you know, it'll be put through a whole other series of tests. It'll be perfected. It'll come to market, we hope. Soon, hopefully as in the same form it is now, which would be awesome. I would assume so, and um, yeah, and then also I'm gonna. I'm gonna oh, there's is that your phone this time? Oh, that's not mine. Oh, Gail, he's important. I, I swear to God, I turned. Oh, off. do you oh, see who that oh, is? It's Al Unser Al Jr. Jr. is calling. Al Unser Jr. is back. Al. Legendary racer. <laughs> wow. Oh, he just had. He's hung up for the podcast just, on Al Unser Jr. <laughs> I'm not, we're not even making this up. Al Unser Jr. literally just called Gail, and Gail hung up on him. No, that was the world's greatest thing. Oh my God, that's that we seriously. Oh, I didn't hang I, up on him. I wish God I would have gotten a picture of to, that. You sent him to voicemail. Yeah, I sent him to voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> You're my hero. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Al is an oh, awesome dude. Yeah. He sure is. Oh, oh okay. man. That is racing royalty right there. Al is a fine man. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. I want to know in Gail's phone, yeah. what's the echelon of people that call him? I know Alan's are junior, uh, Jay Leno. Mine is like Gail calls me, and I'm like, oh, Gail's calling me. <laughs> yeah, right? Or I'm like, oh, crap, I'm probably in trouble, you know? Um, yeah. Come on, Gail, who calls you? What's your favorite call, other than your wife? What's that, the favorite that call? That was a pretty good one. That right is a there. pretty good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of. Uh, <laughs> here's the, here's the thing. There's a lot of dead people in my phone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh. Hey, I want to. Uh, that'd be really weird you know, if they called you. My, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Two, two but, things real quick uh, here. I want to touch on Gail. Um, you had a really cool event yesterday, I thought, part of the SEMA Education Network. Yeah. So both of you, Holman and, and Gail, you were on a, on the panel mm. uh, called Brew Talks, and I thought it was kind of With interesting. With Aaron Kaufman and Jesse well, Combs. That's where I'm getting awesome. to. So it was really great. And I wanted you guys, because I was the moderator, I thought it was really neat. We had, sta- did you guys notice, standing room only? Uh, I took on- pictures of it. Oh, you did? Okay, and, good. And, and in fact, there's a picture. So Gail and I were the first two up there while we were waiting for Aaron and Jesse to come, right? So there's a picture of me that SEMA Education put up. I took a selfie of Gail and I up there, and they took a picture of me from the audience and used the waving emoji. You go, we see you at Sean P. Holman. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Tell me about it. How was it being up there in I front was, of those guys? It was guys? awesome. I, I totally didn't, uh, I didn't deserve to be up there. Uh, there was much, much more well-known and talented people, but I was appreciative of the, of the opportunity to, uh, to fill in a, a slot. And uh, I know Jesse. I, I know I've gotten to know Aaron a little bit. Obviously, mm-hmm. I know Gail. So I was with a group of people that I respect and I've known for a, a long time. And um, you know, I really I think the thing that 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 was the best part of the conversation was we had a conversation on mentorship, and uh, we talked about Gail being a mentor of mine, and and talked about my old shop teacher, Mr. Spring, who passed away recently, as being a mentor. And, and really hoisting our, our beers to uh, vocational education and, yes. and the men and women in the U.S. who support vocational education by deciding to take the calling of being a teacher and really guiding these young people into continuing to be automotive enthusiasts. 
I had no less than five vocational teachers come up to me after that and shake my hand and say thank you for recognizing oh, us. Oh, that's really to great. To me, that, that, was, that was the best part of the whole deal. I really enjoyed... They also said, who are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed Jesse kind of giving a tribute to Gail sitting right next, yeah. to, right next to her. That really blew me away. Gail uh, had hearts in his eyes. I saw it. I know. <laughs> if, yeah. if, if her boyfriend hadn't been there, I don't know if something, something would have happened. Well, <laughs> you, well you know, Gail uh, and Jesse met when Jesse was at Wyotech building something. Which is a technical, technical school, right? Technical school, right? And, and uh, he had met her before she ever did anything anywhere. Yeah, she wasn't on TV, or right. she was just a she was a student, just right. a student. Yep. Yeah, and then full circle. Here we are today. They're sharing the stage on a panel, and I, I think I've maybe told this story before, but uh, in my high school auto shop in Mr. Uh, Spring's class, we had a poster of I think it was the Cyclone, um, the GMC right. speed record the, the Bank Cyclone yeah. Yeah, on the on the wall in the auto shop, and that was the first time I knew of Gail Banks, and eventually got into automotive journalism. I think the first time I met him was about two thousand two or three in person when he was talking about Hemi with MDS Mm -hmm. and that he could find that uh, Chrysler's big deal was oh we made it so it's imperceptible and Gail came in and we had a meeting at our Catella building in Anaheim which overlooked Anaheim Stadium and we had it in the big conference room and Gail came in and I remember him saying oh I can find it (laughs) I can can trip the car up I know what to do I'll tell you exactly when MDS comes in and uh, that was the first time I met met Gail so here we are how was that event for you Gail? it was really Jesse's recognition of my mentorship. Sometimes you're mentoring people and you don't even know it. And uh, I, I don't know. It blew me away. Uh, she's become quite the star. And she's got great hands. By that I mean... Be careful here. Yeah. <laughs> By that I mean she she can ranch, she can fabricate, and she, and she can do it well. Yeah. And uh, she, she also, she's one damn fast woman. Yeah. Uh, fastest she, woman on uh, fastest four woman wheels. on four wheels. Four hundred yeah. and I don't want to. I don't want to. Was it seventy four or something like that? Seventy eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah I don't want to. I don't want to minimize her accomplishment. But she set her world speed record on the same day. The uh, I think the first woman had set her world speed record. It was like thirty years prior or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So pretty, pretty unbelievable. Now, she's going for six hundred and change. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, she's what? I didn't know 600, that. Six hundred. Yeah. Oh we, my we Lord. talked afterwards. Okay. Yeah. The guy. It's it's a it's a jet car, of course. Yeah. Shadle, the guy who originated the thing, uh, died recently. Oh. But now the yokes off all the other guys, and they're just we're doing it. Yeah. Doing and, it for him, right? Yeah. Carrying the torch. Yeah. yeah. And and Jesse is pumped. Awesome. So I hope she goes six yeah. bills. Six bills is, you know, there are very few people in the 600-mile-an-hour club. I can imagine. Yeah, very few. Hey, what did you and Aaron Kaufman, you were going back and forth. Holman, do you remember? Aaron and, and Gail were going back and forth on one topic. Was it about... Was it about um, uh, electric cars elect- and hydrogen? Oh, was it and hydrogen cars? Electrification and, and move the movement. I, I felt like he was almost about to call Gail out, and I like, dude, Ooh, be careful there. Yeah, like, so, yeah. I, what was that, Gail? Do you remember? You were going back and forth about hydrogen, and well, he brought up well hydrogen. because because yeah. uh, Gail brought up how the Copo Camaro that was uh, oh. announced at SEMA 
with an electronic or electric, electric motor, motor that bolts in place of a small block, which right. is completely wrong and, and unholy and everything that's wrong <laughs> yes. with the world, was introduced by General Motors. And Aaron was saying, I can kind of understand and here's some solutions, I think. Maybe not this, maybe not electric, but hydrogen maybe. And so it was an interesting conversation that, so then Gail came back and said, oh yeah, well, I had a seven series BMW that I was doing some work on that was dual fuel and it was hydrogen and gas. And we turned gas off hydrogen on, you get about half the horsepower and it sucked. <laughs> and I was trying not to interject because it was an interesting conversation, but I really want to know, could you put gas and hydrogen on at the same time? And I'm sure you could. I would have loved to see the power uh, yeah. of that. <laughs> I'm not sure it would have been that, that Reshape much the more. pistons. <laughs> I just loved it. It was just a moment I was just peeking over. I could see over their shoulders and watch you two go back and forth. I thought this was really neat because you weren't really familiar with Aaron's work and, you know, and he'd followed you. But, uh, you know, because he's one of the more recent stars. Yes. Sure. Right. Yep. And, and, and he's and, a young guy. He's a young guy and he's r- r- supremely talented and really hungry for knowledge. So. Holman and I both that's had a, the opportunity. That's really good. He is hungry for knowledge. Very, like that dude is a sponge. He is a sponge for everything. So, yeah, I mean, whenever we brought him, we would be talking to him on the podcast or in person, he just wants to know more. And and I see, it's kind of like you, Gail, is that it, you're always looking for the next answer or, or everything sparks his curiosity, and just like you. So a lot of yep. similarities. And I know you don't have the long beard. You don't look like ZZ Top <laughs> the way that he does. But it was that was a really cool dynamic to see in that room. It was. Uh, electrification, uh, hybrid hot rods, you know, McLaren's got them. Yeah, it Porsche's Porsche, got them. Yeah, yep. And they're badass. And the, the accurate NSX in is the extreme. extreme. Yeah. So I want to do a similar thing with V8 engines, uh, 300 millimeter diameter. What motor generator uh, uh, unit where the torque that wasn't your is. response yesterday I liked your response yesterday way better so uh, which was Gail's like I'm going to stick a super turbo Duramax in an old 454 SS chassis that'll be oh, my yeah, hot rod yes <laughs> right but and that got the crowd going too yeah I did Gail you've been a member of SEMA since well the beginning what does this show mean to you why is it so important to the industry this show that we're sitting above we're in the Lund booth um, in case we hadn't said, we're really appreciative that they loaned us some space in their mezzanine. So we literally have a bird's eye view over the line. Let's, Holman, to your left shoulder, what is that line for right there? I believe that is for the Linex booth that has both uh, Jesse James and the Diesel Brothers in it when I pass by. So you remember that o- that Seems awesome- like, by the way, oil and water, Jesse James. Uh, well, they weren't standing next to each other. Oh, okay, They good. were apart a little bit. I don't know the story, but there's that old first-gen Dodge with the uh, welding rig on the back. Yeah. It had the cool uh, ram skull uh, hood ornament. Yeah. That's you... what it was for. And I don't oh. know if they're doing a, a signing about it or, or what. But, okay. Uh, but that, that line uh, doesn't only it, – it stretches in both directions. It's crazy. So that's got to be, I'm going to guess, 750 people deep. I don't even know. Yeah. That's a lot of people. If it's going both directions? I don't even know. It's so long. And then Warren's got somebody down here. I don't know what they're doing here, but the whole place on this side, this whole building's going to just tilt in one direction because all the sightings are on one side of it. So, Gail, tell me how this, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to the company? And what what does it mean for the industry? Okay. Automotive enthusiasm knows no bounds. This proves it. I, I believe this is the largest show ever. Uh, it's creeping out into Las Vegas from the convention center. Uh, there's exhibits in the parking lots. There has been for years, but much more. Uh, 
And what does it mean for me? Well, in 1967, I went to the first SEMA show. Dodger Stadium. It was Dodger Stadium. There were 10-foot booths, the big gun, uh, Peterson Publications had a 20-foot booth. <laughs> well, you know, we, was, were, we was, were what it mattered. We were always then. ballers back then, yeah, right? We folding, <laughs> folding tables, stuff on the tables, you know, an engine on an engine stand, and Valley uh, Head Services booth, Valerio Fria. It was all racing stuff. So SEMA, Speed Equipment Manufacturers Association, that was us. And they met in, in Eric Grant's insurance office across from my speed shop on San Gabriel Boulevard, Boulevard and uh, did for years. I knew everybody, but I couldn't afford the dues. So I went to the shows, and, you know, it was, and then we graduated to bigger venue. Uh, ultimately, we were out by Disneyland uh, for a number of years, and then Vegas. Along the way, it ceased to be Speed Equipment Manufacturers Association, and it, uh, I think it became Speed Equipment Marketing Association. And then it became Specialty Equipment Marketing Market Association. Association. So, so that Lightning it, always gets it wrong, and I always call them out on it, because yeah. I'm like, dude, you said it wrong again, because everybody thinks it's Specialty Equipment Manufacturing Association. It's not, it's Market Association. Market Association, yeah. yeah. So... The stuff I'm looking at in the Lund display wouldn't have been here when it was Speed Equipment Manufacturing Association. Right. But specialty equipment, I've always been the engine guy, you know, I, uh, and the powertrain guy. Uh, and when we got into electronics, the electronics guy, uh, which is part of the whole act, making every, everything submit to your will you know? <laughs> <laughs> being the puppet puppet master with electronics some guys are into external appearance some guys are into off-road some guys are into sports cars some guys are into trucks the beauty of the automotive enthusiast uh, group is everybody everybody talks to everybody yeah. everybody's on a level level playing field occasionally you, you get a builder who thinks he's just ultra cool but sooner or later, somebody knocks him. Oh yeah, you'll always there will yeah. always be somebody him who off of yep. his pedestal, and Absolutely. he realizes, hey, there's lots of talent yeah. and lots of ways. Lots of talent is this is sure. where the talent comes yeah. to show, show off, but also get inspired. Uh, inspired, and yes, this is where we compare notes <laughs> and go away, going, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, <laughs> it's on for another year, so. Well, Gail, Fantastic. thank you uh, so much for uh, checking in on uh, on our stupid little show that you uh, <laughs> that you let <laughs> Lightning uh, do with me. I appreciate that. Well, that's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. Well, we're, we're having, having a lot of fun. fun. Happy yeah. to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Have fun, Asima. All right. We'll see you soon. You ready? No. <laughs> Dude, I seriously just went walking to go get you whatever. Yeah. They had Dr. Pepper. Oh, Which they had Dr. Pepper? No Why did you bring me a Dr. Pepper? No cups. Oh, what do you mean, no cups? No do cups. Need, what are you do you about? need a bear? I can send the wife back to get some bears. Uh, ooh. <laughs> are you serious? No, no, no. no. She, yeah. no, no, I'm dead serious. I don't know. Literally, no cups. So go get some. I am uh, I might take you up on that offer. I could really use a beer right now. Holman, you want a beer? 
I like beer. It's noon o'clock. It's a beer I, o'clock. I, I, right, stu- I still like beer. It's beer o'clock. <laughs> beer o'clock, exactly. That third voice that you hear is uh, Mr. Ryan Morgan. You may have seen him on TV as part of the Diesel Brothers show. And he's a face that pops up when they need some technical assistance. Ryan, exactly what is your title at, at Sparks Motors? So I started there as a 3D mechanical designer, but I also, I've evolved into doing fabrication, you know, electrical work. I help out wherever I can. If it, if something needs painted, I'll paint it. You know, I'll, I'll pretty Bench much player. do anything. Put, a, put an interior together, whatever I got to do. But really, your skill set, though, is you're a real designer. You're a real CAD designer, Yeah, my right? skill set is the 3D mechanical design. And and you and I had spoken on the phone. Um, we've traded phone calls and emails and stuff, and you were helping us, uh, banks, uh, my day job, you were helping us to beta test some products, which is, I, I really appreciate that. You've oh, got yeah. a lot of good insight. You, um, and I learned that you were doing some CAD design before uh, before Sparks Motors, right? That was your job before you yeah, came. Yeah, so I was part owner of a fabrication company for, I worked there about seven years, or 11 years, but I was part owner for seven years before I went to Sparks. Okay. And how did you get swooped up in working with uh, Dave and that whole crew? Uh, Sparks Motors was right next door to... Mallory Engineering, which is my old company, and they found out that we were a fab shop, so they started having me do a little bit of fab work for him, and, you know, obviously he learned some of my skills, and on the second season of the show, he decided he just couldn't do it without me, so made me an offer I couldn't refuse, and the rest is history. Then he packed up his desk, and he rolled it next door. Packed it up, rolled it next door. Actually, they moved to a hangar, so it was about a mile away, but it Got was it. close. Right. Now, your your lovely wife who's over here, was she, you guys have been, she just told me you guys have been married for 19 years. And by the way, Ryan, way too hot for you. Oh, she's, I mean, I think she's we both way know too that, hot right? for me, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess you guys were at uh, Halloween. You stayed home for Halloween, so you missed some of the festivities yesterday. And so Can I just point out you, that we all have way hotter wives than we deserve? Far and away. What happened? <laughs> yeah, all We're us. just like schlubs. Yeah, right? I don't know why I, they like I us. I picked her up real early before she knew any better, <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I tricked her into it. Yeah. <laughs> now, was she supportive of you making the move over there? Because you had a stable job, and you were doing things. and She ex- was absolutely supportive because I was having a miserable experience with my oh. business partner. And I was just looking for a way to get out of that place. So as soon as Sparks made me the offer, I didn't even think twice. Meant I, to be. I just packed up and I was out of there. You know, and you, it was, and that was before it hit the TV, correct? Yeah. Or was so it around the same time? Season one, I was kind of behind the scenes. I was still doing fab work for them, but okay. I wasn't actually on camera. But yeah, I've been with them like before the Mega Ram Runner even got built. I helped them build the Mega Ram Runner, which was kind of. You know, the biggest truck they ever did. It was a big hit at SEMA when it first came. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what brought them up and it's got true. them to show. Were so. you here when they debuted the Mega Ram Runner, when they rolled it in into SEMA? I did come here. I was still working for Mallory, but I did come here, and I was standing, you know, at their booth. So here's, a, so here's me as a goofball. Um, I had followed the guys, like many were at that time, because they were pretty entertaining on, on Instagram. Yeah. And they were making some cool stuff, but they were... They were personalities. From from minute one, as soon as you see their Instagram, you're like, oh, these guys are making some cool stuff, but they're funny guys and whatnot. They had a kind of a shtick, and I saw, oh, they're they're showing up. They've got this crazy truck, and they pulled up into Upper South Hall, which I, I they could barely get that truck into. And 
they didn't have any place to sit in this booth. I don't know whose booth they were in, but they were in somebody else's booth, a tire company or something. They were in the Fusion Bumpers booth. Is that where they were? Yeah. Okay, so they pull into this booth, no place to sit. So they just ripped one of the bench seats out uh, of the uh, of the <laughs> truck, and they're just sitting there, and they're cut off Levi's. They look like a bunch I of country bumpkins. I remember that. It was, it was on this side in the no, back, No, it wasn't. Right? It was on the right side on down right here. Side. Yeah. yeah, right over here. Yeah, and, and so they're sitting there. And I walk up to Dave. I had never seen him before in person. And I and I said, and this time I'm you know working for K Rock, the radio station. And I said, this is going to sound lame, but you don't know me. I just want to tell you that you guys are really talented. You got something going on. And has anyone ever approached you about doing a TV show? Because whatever it is, you guys have it. And he looks at me and he pulls me over. And he goes, dude, I really appreciate that. He goes, um, in January. Our show debuts on Discovery Channel. That's funny because when I told him last night about you, he's like, who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I made an impact. I'm just saying I was some rando dude that came up and I just, I wanted to say, if you haven't had anyone approach you, then I, because I do have some friends in that space that look, they're talent scouts for shows. I would have said, why don't we way. have a show? We're not talented. Oh. <laughs> so I mean, speaking of talent, are, uh, walking around the show, has anybody recognized you? You know, I get hit up every now and then, but Is it weird? Un- unless I'm with kind of a group of people, people don't expect me just to be walking around yeah. in the open. They expect me <laughs> Out to be some sort of autograph <laughs> signing or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not one of the main characters, so when they do see me, they get kind of surprised. And yeah, I've had a few. Or do they okay, go? Well, I know so. that guy, but I don't know where he's from. Like I know. Or do they look face. at your wife and go? Ooh, I, she's going to kick my ass. I'm not even going to look at it. I get a lot of people staring at me, but I'm not sure if they're actually looking at me or looking <laughs> through me to the pretty lady that I Hold got on, on wifey, my elbow. Hold on, wifey, step up to the mic. It, it, I want to know, know if she's the jealous type. What happens when uh, some some uh, TV fan walks up and says, Ooh, Ryan. All right, yeah. So my, my wife will literally pull out a shiv and stab, and I'm not even kidding. Unfortunately, our show mostly appeals to male, so that hasn't been a huge problem as of unfortunately yet. Unfortunately or fortunately. What's your name? It's Courtney. Courtney, what is it like when people approach your husband and and he has a hard time, like, he's not sure if they he knows them, or what's that dynamic like when you roll up to someone and they they're, they fan out on him? Um, I always ask him after we walk away, I'm, I tell him, did you know that person? <laughs> and he's always like, no. But he, it's pretty cool. It's weird. We were at Lagoon last weekend and he what's, had... What's Lagoon? In Utah. It's like a theme park in Utah. Okay. And we took our kids, and there was, like, four people that stopped him and was taking pictures with him and, like, geeking out on him. And I was like, hi, want you to take your picture? Is it cool or is it creepy? Um, It's pretty cool. It's never been creepy yet. That's good. My kids kids love it. They eat up on it. They love the attention. Anytime I get stopped, they're like, Dad, I can't believe you just got stopped. That's so funny. (laughs) My kids don't give a rat's ass house on the radio for all those years. I've been places, and they hear my voice, and like, "Ah, that screechy voice must be. Didn't you say that somebody in the elevator recognized your voice and asked you about the podcast last night? Yes, except for the fact that he says, the guy looks at me, and he goes, are you Holman? I'm like, ah, oh, that's right. Lightning. And he's my, yeah, he's my ugly co-host. Yeah, damn it, <laughs> ugly half brother. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Right There's now. a debate on who's uglier. I, I don't know. Courtney, who's uglier? 
I'm not answering that. Oh, you <laughs> guys are both that, handsome. That's, that's why cool. she's been married for 19 uh, years. You're very generous. <laughs> very <laughs> political. I trained her well. I trained her well. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, she trained me. So. Yeah. <laughs> so have you been coming to SEMA for a long time? Or was it because when you were doing working at Mallory, was, was SEMA on your radar? So SEMA, my first experience was when the Mega Ram Runner came down because oh. that's, that's the first actual build that I had been a part of at the SEMA show. You know, I've been to Fabtech and whatnot. But that was my first experience at SEMA. Now, what's what's Fabtech? Forgive me for asking. Fabtech is kind of a similar thing, but it's for just fabrication. Oh, okay. It's, it's fabrication. It's a big convention, only, yeah, right? Big okay. convention for anything metalworking. You know, there's a lot of metalworking stuff here because obviously building vehicles is a lot of metal and fabrication. But Fabtech is all fabrication. Super related. hardcore. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And so you came here with those guys, and your first experience with the Mega Ram Runner, you're like, all right, and did you walk around all the halls and experience it? And Yeah, I walked around and, Because for a while. it's, it's I mean, larger than, I think, even anyone who comes here for the first time goes, this is insane. It's so much to take in. I don't, you could spend a week here and still not see it. Dude, I've been week. here for four days, and I still haven't even walked this hall. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I've been here for about two hours, and I'm already overwhelmed. Probably seen more than we have. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So what are you what are you working on now that you're particularly proud of? You've worked on so many projects in such a short amount of time. That part I know about your job sucks because you guys have these fake constraints that the production crew put in because it's very expensive to shoot a TV show. So they give you a very compressed timeline, which I know you get hurried along on everything you have to do. Um, despite that, I'm sure there are some projects that you're particularly proud of to have worked on, right? So, I mean, I may sound a little tired right now, and that's because I absolutely am. <laughs> two, week, two weeks prior to this show, I mean, I was working 18, 20-hour shifts, getting four hours of sleep. My wife didn't see me for two weeks. I didn't see my kid for two weeks. And that's actually one of the, one of the trucks that I'm proud to say that I've worked on. You know, we brought the Mega Ram. It was cool, you know. It was an eye-catcher. But some of the fab work, you know, it wasn't the best. And we actually, we fixed it all up, brought it back, you know, year three. But we have a 6 by 6 truck that we built that's in the Wet Sounds booth right now. That's got to be by far one of the best trucks we brought to SEMA. And it is absolutely flawless, in my opinion. I, I hold my head high with the with the quality of work we did on that truck. So was this the one that Chase from Innovate Design Lab? created as a rendering yeah he's a good dude yeah really talented i've never met that guy but man his renderings yeah no so he was really proud of that one as well and i guess one of one of your team at sparks whether it's dave or someone else approached him and said i can't get these rear fenders to look natural i think that right is that what it was yeah so it was uh star star creations that does the fiberglass work for monster jam Okay. They came and 3D scanned our old bedside, and they did the best they could with that scanning. But that bedside wasn't the best to begin with, so there was a couple body lines we had to add in. There's a few changes we're going to make. We're actually... So it just became kind of a Frankenstein, right? Yeah, it was a little bit. I mean, we've already built a 6x6, and this one is by far, it's 100% better. And we're actually, we're going to produce a few of them. And we were actually confronted by Shaquille O'Neal, and, wow. And he wants one. Jack is a freak. So, he has yeah. plenty. He has everything. Yeah. He doesn't like everything. being topped. Yeah, he's yeah, so apparently he wants one of these in his garage. So hopefully that one pans that out. Big Maybe ass garage. Maybe that big one ass man. Up on the show. <laughs> Have you ever stood next to Shaq? 
I have. I have. And if you were six foot, you'd still feel very small. I stood next to Chuck Norris. So does it feel I'm like being five stay. five? I'm just happy that I have a picture with Chuck Norris, and my forearm and my bicep look bigger than his in the picture. So, but really, <laughs> he was 80 when you took the picture. Yeah, so you got to give him. He's a like 76. Obviously, he looks good for his age, but people don't realize that he's that old. Do young people? Do your kids know who Chuck Norris is, other than the jokes? Because your kids know the Chuck Norris jokes, because every kid does. They right? probably didn't know Chuck Norris until he was on my show. Honestly. Okay. It's like, Dad, why do you care? Why is this man important? You're like, who is this guy? I'm like, kids, come on. You got to be kidding me. This is Chuck Norris. <laughs> Greatest fighter of all time. Well, Absolutely. Maybe not, but he thought he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He still he still thinks he is. So you finish up the six by six, and was it, did you have enough time, or was it that last second build all the way to the end? It's always the last second build all the way to the end. I mean, all the show builds, we always have a timeline, you know. And our team is the best team we've ever had right now. We strive for quality, and we want to put out the best quality vehicles. But, man, sometimes our time frames, we just physically cannot do it. So we're not always proud of the work that we put out in the time frame we have. But on the 6x6, we just finished up Season 4, so we had plenty of time to work on this truck and get it right. And that's why I say I'm... I'm proud of this truck probably more than any other truck we built because we actually had the time we needed. We took the time to make it right. You know, it was still a rush right there at the end, but we didn't cut any corners. We we all banded together. The team was working great. And like I said, it's probably one of the best trucks we've put out and yet. And what part, like if I walked up to the 6x6 and said, and put out my hand, what part on the truck could I touch to say, this is Ryan's, he was responsible for the whole thing? Oh, his There's thing. probably not very many things you could touch on the truck that I didn't have my hands on. So what was the hardest part of that thing? Was it suspension or the, the body itself? Man, what was the most challenging? The... You've done a lot of these stretch trucks. That's kind of become the MO, right? Or the Yeah, we've done a lot of these big trucks, obviously. Probably one of the hardest things is is we did something we've never done before, which is we used the hydro, the hydro shocks from uh, Striker Off-Road Design. And just figuring out the suspension clearances and whatnot to be able to get that truck to raise and lower, you know, eight inches. There's a little bit of bump steer in the front because the front's running a pan hard bar, you know, and with the pan hard bar, the higher you go up, it shifts it over. And, you know, that also shifts over the steering tie rod. So as the truck raises, the, the wheels turn a little bit. So it was kind of hard to figure all that Four out. Four people listening to the podcast just went, oh. oh. <laughs> yes. How did you overcome that? You know, on any level, lift does it pretty good. They yeah, have, his setup's awesome. Yeah, they, you know, they have, the, they have the lifting mechanism, but they also have the steering mechanism yes. and pan hard bar kind of slide so with So you don't it. need an alignment when you raise and lower, which is nice. So the other problem we face is for a 2000... I think it might even be a 2019 Ford truck. They don't offer a lot of aftermarket parts for brand new trucks. So just to get a drop Pittman arm that even dropped close to what we needed, it was hard to find one because nobody makes it. Somebody actually had to rekey a drop Pittman arm for us because I needed to get the steering arm as low as I could to be able to drop the pan hard bar as low as I could ah. to get rid of some of that bump steer. Oh, yeah. So. And so you reach it. You guys have a machine shop. That's not something you could have done in-house? We have a couple of, I mean, we have like a lathe and a mill, but if we ever need anything machine precisely, we outsource it. Got it. Okay. And we have a plasma cutter and whatnot, but we've actually, with the time frames we've, we've had, we find it easier to just send our files out and have them laser cut. The quality's way better. 
we don't have to physically do it ourselves. It comes in. There's not a lot of cleanup. The parts look Saves better. Saves you some labor and makes yeah. it. Yeah. And you've been Absolutely. designing these, this stuff for so long. You know exactly how to package the file and get it out to the guy and what oh, yeah. to expect. Right. I, I nest it all for them. All they have to do is plot it in their machine and hit go. And, and we have a company that they'll pull stuff off their table to cut our parts for us. So, I mean, it. you know, it's nice in that regard to be a company that, that people want to do things for. And, right. You know, we can they'll drop everything and do our stuff basically now other than the show builds that you guys are making are you doing regular customer builds that we will never see on tv i mean is that that that, yeah you're pointing to you the wife you did my car yesterday oh you did what are you driving (laughs) what are you doing a chevy traverse okay a new one my wife had one of those yes the new ones are nice they are super nice i want the brand new one yeah so what did you do to it Body dropped oh, it. Oh man! I mean, <laughs> Did you no. body dropped in the diesel? Just maintenance, but still, yeah. They. I flushed the power steering pump. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> basic maintenance. Just, just okay. basic maintenance. Your wife has the whitest teeth, by the way. Oh, thank she does. You. <laughs> I've never seen teeth so white. Don't, I've never bleached they're almost, them. They're almost see-through. <laughs> <laughs> Transparent. I, I, I have to put my sunglasses on when she talks because I'm like, there, there we go. There we go. So what? What other stuff? Like, what is the staple of the business? Because or you can't just. What are you working on when it's not show trucks, or is it? show trucks all the time so yeah your previous question you know being a tv show it's really hard to do customer builds customer oh, yeah. builds because we talked to aaron kaufman about that he basically shut down his whole shop on customer builds to do the tv schedule and got yeah. behind on some of his own personal i mean projects. What, what people don't realize is once we build the vehicle the customer cannot have the vehicle until it's been revealed on TV because it can't go out in the open and in the public right. for people to see it and take pictures of it or that spoils the show. So say we were to build that as the first episode, they might have to wait eight months to get their vehicle. You know, they're spending one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars to have us build a truck. I've waited four they don't years to wait eight months yeah. for it. <laughs> so we don't do a lot of customer builds. Uh, probably probably the bit the biggest thing we do is the giveaway trucks which oh, is yeah. some of the those diesel sellers stuff yeah the diesel the diesel power gear actually diesel okay. sellers is kind of like an online auto trader for diesel trucks yeah. but so the diesel power gear obviously you buy our gear and that enters you to win a drawing so we do a lot of those giveaway trucks some of those we film some of those we don't you know if they're cool we film them if they're just so so we don't film them and then yeah the the show builds obviously a lot of times they have customers, but a lot of times it's just we want to build something cool, and so we build it. And you know, honestly, some of the customers aren't real customers. Oh, but yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, t- I mean, it's yeah. TV. Everybody knows how that works. Yeah, they 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 do they do. And so that's pretty cool. You've got a good gig because you're building these fantasy vehicles. You know, you're not mired in in boring maintenance. You know, of of customer cars in that in that regard. You can build stuff that's kind of all fantasy, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, the favorite part about my job is, you know, I came there to be a 3D designer. But man, if I sit at a desk too long, I start getting just stir crazy. Yeah. I, I hate just sitting at a desk. So, I love being able to take the product, design it, see it on the computer. You know, go out and cut it, build it, weld it, put it together, and see the final product. So you know, there, not just be stuck. There is a the shortage. Desk. There's a shortage, and I've talked to Gail Banks a lot because he's looking for some CAD designers and whatnot. There are very few guys that can do all those things. So yeah. you're kind of an anomaly where a guy can design it in CAD or SolidWorks, and then actually man- not only just manufacture it, 
design it so it can be manufactured, and then install it. Yeah. Because a guy who doesn't have that breadth of knowledge, uh, he'll design something that sometimes can't actually be made. Or installed if there's or something installed. else in the way or the part, you know. I mean, how many things have you gotten where somebody designed it in CAD, you get the, the, you get the product, and there's a bolt head in the way or something that doesn't allow you to maneuver it into place to even install it? Or, or, or I mean, I, I've seen it so many times. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've done a lot of work for, say, architects or other engineers, and it's so hard to create their products because they've never had that hands-on experience. Yep. So you go to create their part, and it's like, how do you expect this to work? Like, <laughs> like yep. your idea is great, but how do you actually bring that to life? So, you know, being able to be a designer and a fabricator, you know, an electrician, a plumber, I, I basically I can do any and all of it there. All of that stuff helps me to be a good designer. Being a good designer helps me be a good fabricator. So it all kind of plays a role in just what I can do as a person. So. That's great. That's great. Well, when I grow up, I want to be Ryan Morgan. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not bad. It's He's not living bad. a pretty charmed life. I know. He is, right? Look at the hot wife. He's got on his right headphone. She's right She there. doesn't have headphones. She can't She's hear me. Right. She's oh, she can next maybe. to you. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> she does have really white teeth, Thank I swear. You. Yeah. yeah. They're very white. All right. Well, you guys are awesome. Go be a happy couple and walk around the SEMA show floor. All right. Really appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you for stopping Hopefully by. Hopefully you get uh, lots of people stopping you and uh, asking uh, what it's like to be famous. You know, it's fun, but... I do like to be able to walk through here without getting stopped. <laughs> right. But yeah, thanks for having me, fellas. All Anytime. right. Avoid all the uh, the hover rounds and rascals that are out there because they're clogging up the aisles today. <laughs> they are, dude. That sucks. Yeah, everywhere. I just want to climb over. So I like, just speed up, asshole. I just went to go get your uh, your drink. Right. I'm walking down. There's a guy, and he's just like an old guy on a on a scooter, and he's just speed. I go. I'm walking behind you because you're parting the ways. He goes, man, it doesn't work that way. There's so <laughs> many scooters this year. Dude, I've never seen so many scooters. It's I like, don't know what that's about. Does the S and SEMA stand for scooters? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I actually didn't even know there were scooters. Where do I get one of those? <laughs> <laughs> I think we have Jason from Lund in the house. Oh, wait. wait, this is his house. Wait, yeah, you mean uh, Lund, the uh, brand that allowed us to... Uh, set up shop for a week at SEMA in their uh, massive uh, SEMA booth? Hell yeah! <laughs> you know we're going to charge you rent on this space, right? <laughs> I heard the first four days were free. Oh, no. No, you heard that wrong. I, I, hold I on. Am, I am turning off the equipment and leaving. <laughs> run. Run. <laughs> no, no, you guys are very gracious. And awesome. uh, not only giving this, you just, oh, you're just, feeding Holman? You know what's funny? Like, is a, Jason, like an animal? Jason just figured out that either the table is one inch too low or the chair is one inch too high. I know. No one can get their <laughs> knees under it, but it works. It's it fine. Works. I'm not the tallest guy in the world. Not, not complaining. This is an amazing spot. We're in the mezzanine above the Lund booth. Now, Jason, tell me, you guys have gobbled up quite a few amazing brands, brands that we personally, Holman and I, are fans of. Yep. Can you tell us about the, the scope of the Lund company? Lund International is a family of 10 brands, and we cover everything from Jeep to light truck to heavy truck. Uh, we have the heavy truck under Roadworks in Belmore. They're not here. I didn't know that you guys did that. Yeah, oh, Belmore. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, we go to Matt's and some of the big heavy truck shows, but we don't show those here. Okay. Um, like, Although that would be kind of cool. Interesting. We were thinking about it. I, I've actually uh, had a chance to go to the, the big uh, truck show. Was it in Indy, right? Uh, uh, Kentucky. NTEA or N... What is it? Uh, one of them, anyway. We're work lug, eight lug, trucking, diesel power. We've covered them in the past, and it's awesome to be walking around to see all the heavy equipment. And Well, oh, I think that you'll find that the, the diesel guys also love dabbling in the big trucks. You know, most of them, we don't... I'll never get to driver spending time in a full-size you know kenworth or something like that but to look at them up close they're, cool. they're impressive oh yeah and the roadworks brand has all the stainless steel that just 
makes them mech. Oh, those are the, those are the ones those that go down the road and they're like blinding in the uh, sun of Utah LEDs. on Highway 70 or something. Yep. Yep. I love. I get the uh, Iowa 80 catalog. Yep. I think. Do they, do they carry some of your yeah, parts, lot of right? Yep. Iowa 80. Somehow, I bought lug nuts for my because oh, I have for the, years uh, yeah, for yeah. my truck. Yeah. And I started getting these catalogs, and I love the Iowa 80 catalog. There's just it's just eye porn for for uh, anyone. I would trucks. 100% be the guy that looks like his trailer is the Goodyear blimp sign. <laughs> like <laughs> that would be me going down the highway. Yeah. No doubt about it. Love it. Sorry, I interrupted you. What else? <laughs> uh, so from a light truck standpoint, uh, we uh, Amp Research is one of our brands. Love them. Yeah. Love them. You know, electric running boards, um, a big brand of ours. Auto Huge. vent shade, AVS, been around for 85 years. Bush. What did they do 85 years ago? Vent shades. Vent the shades. old stainless steel vent shades. You see our, our, our Rampage rig has yeah. old school stainless steel oh, shades. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because in just, our, our era growing up, it was always the uh, the uh, plastic ones and it allows the... Well, the, they still are. Right. But, I mean, it you know, allows the uh, air to come in if it's raining or yep. you can smoke your cigarette in there. That's right. what it was always... I think right. in our youth, everybody had them because they smoked cigarettes in a rainy climate. But I hadn't even thought about the old stainless steel ones. We still have applications back to the 40s. No, you in ABS. Don't. No, you that's don't. awesome. Real, yeah. <laughs> do you have inventory? Yeah. So we if do. I had like a, uh, I was rebuilding like a forty-four like business coupe or a five-window or something, and I'm like, I want period correct. I can get that from you. You, you can. That's rad. Yeah. Do they have vent shades for your truck? For my '67 F100? Yeah. yeah. We do. Oh my god, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That would. I'll send you a pair. All right. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So when you guys acquired um, Amp Research, is obviously near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. That's it's a great we, brand. We've done just amazing engineering. It it solves a problem that almost every truck has. And was was that a cool acquisition? Were you there during that time? And how I does was. that work? It was an excellent acquisition. You know, it, and it's very patent protected. IP is very important to us, and it's a product that solves consumer problems. Um, it's well engineered. And it's something that we can build upon because there's so many more opportunities on that technology that we can do. So it's exciting. There's a Bronco outside. Uh, I think it's a Bronco, an older one, vintage, and it's lifted. And he had taken a set of amp steps, cut it down. So there's only about four feet Which is long, awesome, right? And, and they changed it. And so it was Very a cool. really cool application. And it looked it looked stock like you guys sold it to him that way. He's like, no, I cut it and I did this, and it was really, really neat. Those are awesome. Now, it may void a warranty or two. <laughs> right, right. It still but but cool. it's a show car, so it's yeah. understandable, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, we also have Roland Lock, the retractable Which is covers. Another great product. I mean, very well designed. Um, it's, it's very uh, protective of your cargo. Keeps the rain out. Um, it keeps the bad guys out of it too. It's lockable. Yep. Overlap slats, so you can't get into the thing. So what's uh, something like that? Do they have different? Um, what do I want to say? Not weight classes, but like how much weight you can set on it. It's about 350 pounds. Oh, okay. Evenly distributed. You can stand on it. Over. Oh yeah. You, I mean, a couple people can stand on it. Well, not a couple people like Lightning and I. Well, yeah. Sorry. It's so funny. Everyone's gonna see us and think that we're gi- ginormous because <laughs> we're always making fun of our weight. I mean, we're not. Because we eat wiener schnitzel too much. We're not. We're not. We're not fat, but we're also not thin. Yeah. I think we're just normal. I, I think normal we're dudes. maybe a little fluffy. I think that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think our wives like snuggling with us. I think we keep them warm. It's okay right. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just put it this way. Uh, we have our winter coat on year-round. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. <laughs> so, what uh, now, Jason? Do you have a particular favorite, or do you do you have a niche within the company? Or, well, I'm over product development for all the brands. Um, 
I, I wish I could play favorites, but I really can't. You know, I got to spread the love amongst all the brands and spread the resources where they really need them. Um, our, my focus is all about making innovation and making sure they integrate well in the trucks and Jeeps. You know, integration and design is key for us. Um, you know, we're designing products now for an F-150 based on the lines of the F-150. We put them into the lines of the products. Same, so the Silverado would be different from the Ford. Um, so we're really focused on the vehicle specific. Yeah, no one size fits all, all universal. Now. You want to yeah, make sure that it's right. Yeah. So another brand that you guys uh, added to your portfolio not too long ago is Bushwhacker, which was another big, uh, big brand. It was. It's it's the big uh, market leading brand under uh, Fender Flares, and we we have five, six different styles of Fender Flares. We have protection for your truck and Jeep as well under the Trail Armor series, but that's been a great addition. If it really fits well in our operation strategy. We do a lot of plastics, we do a lot of AVS, sure. um, and uh, Bushwhacker fit, fit right in perfectly. And that has a great runway too. You know, you know, they invented the fender flare, and there's so much more we can do with that type of body protection. I still remember growing up in the uh, 80s when you would have a big Chevy K10 on 44 Super Swamper and weld 15-inch Super Singles, and you had to have Bushwhacker pocket right. flares. Yeah. That was just part of the deal. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's illegal in certain states. You know, you got to have those tires covered. Yeah. So it's important. In our state, for sure. I, I haven't gotten ticketed, but does it mean does, you're not that, illegal? That does happen. <laughs> well, do you have mud flaps? I don't. No, yo, you're just waiting. Yeah. You just yeah. wait, pal. Maybe it's because yep. I have a big radio station logo on the side. And not anymore. Now your app off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's true. That's true. So when, you, when you're bringing these companies into the fold, um, does it help with manufacturing? Are you able to say, this guy makes a plastic part that's somewhat similar to this other one, and you can... Are there any uh, um, yeah. any scale? There's synergies. There synergies there? Yeah, we, we look at brands and make sure... It fits with our corporate strategy, it fits with our manufacturing model, and it fits within the marketing strategies and the end user because we want to take advantage of the, the efficiencies of all the brands and reach out to those same core consumers. So those right. three are the key. And then you've got some uh, other brands that are, are complementary. Tonneau Pro, which is another Tonneau. So yep. Roll and Lock is a certain style and Tonneau Pro is a completely other style. How do those, when you have brands that sort of uh, you know, can you live together in the same in the same space? What's that like? They live in different places from a price point and a value perspective. Tana Pro is much more of a price fighter, great value, um, and it's very affordable. Where Roland Lock is the best tunnel cover out there. You well, can get yeah. price wise. Give me an example of both. Well, uh, a Roland Lock would retail around uh, thirteen hundred dollars. Okay. Tano Pro would retail around two fifty three hundred dollars. Oh, so that big, is a huge difference. Yeah, but okay. also a big difference in uh, this type of lockability protection and the functionality where the the roll and lock, you don't have to you know pop anything and it just rolls away it, it and allows rolls. you to use your bed and yep, very secure. It's going to last forever. It's got a, it's all aluminum and stainless steel. Nothing's going to corrode or rust on you. And then you guys also have uh, Rampage and Stampede. Rampage is a you know specialized brand for Jeep. Yep, love Jeep. I've got one. I love using it um, and experimenting with some of the products. You know, with the JL, Mopar Jeep has done a good job. By the way, it's a drinking game. JL, hold on. JL and SEMA, <laughs> oh, no. take a swig. All right, take a swig because he said JL. There we go. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they've given us a lot of opportunities, though, yeah. to create some cool, innovative product that you, have, you see on this red Jeep out here. Sure. Um, we loaded that thing up. And, uh, 
everybody's loving the, the ideas that we're coming out with to make things easier to off-road, easier to drive, get into your vehicle. So like more like the surprise and delight features, the things that you wish that it came from the factory that make living with it day in and day out that much better. That's what we're all about. It's not just aesthetics, it's a solution. Jason, uh, what, what, did, what have you debuted at this show that, that just literally on Sunday, no one had ever heard of? I couldn't believe the response, but on that gray F-150, the AVS Light Shield, it won the new product award at, the, at SEMA. Oh, congratulations. Best exterior Congrats. accessory. Yeah, thanks. It's a hood shield, and it's got a built-in light bar that's a, a marker light. So you got the five little marker yeah. lights that, that's on the hood shield itself. No kidding. Yeah. You yeah. know what's so cool is we had Chase up here from Innovate Design Lab, and he did the rendering for that truck and didn't know that it was going to make such a big splash here. He, or on all of your marketing material. He, he showed goes, up and he's like, this is awesome. I walked yeah. outside and I saw that big banner and I'm like, oh, I drew that. <laughs> <laughs> he does amazing work. Yeah. And yeah, that he, truck turned out really beautifully. So thanks. how do we describe that? Let's let's talk about that truck really briefly, Holman. So that is a... Um, so it's a, uh, a current generation, looks like a 2018 F-150 Super Cab. And... Uh, it's not in the style of Raptor, where it's wider with long travel suspension. It's more in your traditional 4x4 style, uh, where it's lifted. It's got some uh, some great fender flares. It looks like some Nitto uh, Terra Grapplers or, or similar on there. It's got a nice push bar, light bar. Uh, I like the cargo rack on top. I think the roof rack is very, the basket's very cool. Uh, it's got a rolling lock. Uh, tonneau on the back. I love the fact that the it colors, nice. the color, the, the sits nice. He's got the bushwhackers on, like you said. Um, now I love the tone on tone. So it's kind of a um, not a slate gray. What is that gray? It's charcoal, it's charcoal, yeah. metallic gray. And then the wrap with all the logos, the Lund logo, so forth. It's all just a hair lighter. Yeah. So it's it's tastefully done, but it looks really mean. Well, and, and you can see the, the little blue-purple accents yeah. on it and in the suspension as well. Yeah, and you see it's funny because there's some little little touches of blue and purple, and then you see the reflection from the uh, all the brand lighting on it too, and it's kind of cool and it's going around. The one brand that we didn't mention was Lund. So Lund International is the parent company, and then Lund itself is, is an actual brand. And, and I remember Lund growing up as a kid, moon visors and things like that. Talk about Lund today. Yeah, Lund offers everything around a truck. It uh, Storage boxes traditional Nerf bars, uh, fender flares, visors, tunnel covers, that's a big one in under Lund. So it's really the everything for the truck. The, the generalist, the truck the generalist. generalist exactly, yeah. yep. And it's a good value brand as well. Um, it's probably a mid-price point type of, of brand. It seems like that's the brand that your retailers would find easiest to move, product. You it know, is. Like, yeah, because they can find in one catalog that's everything they yeah. need. Steps, tonneau. You got everything. Flares, hood protectors, uh, you know, all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, and floor coverings. Yeah, in there as well. well. Yeah. So your your base of consumers, as far as like retailers, you've got um, big box, and then you have all the mom and pops. Like yep. you really do with all these brands, you've covered it kind of soup to nuts. Yeah, we cover all channels of distribution. OE. Your head's got to be spinning. Well, of course, yeah. You guys are definitely an OE. You know, obviously, yep. some of your brands like Amp are are part of many OE packages on a lot of brand new trucks. Yep, Rolling Lock is as well, Bushwhacker, uh, even Lund. Wow, okay. Yeah. So we're we're everywhere. <laughs> You're, I, I'm exhausted just thinking of your workload. Oh, it's it's pretty heavy. Well, all I'm, yeah. I'm just so happy they have so many brands that it required them to have a 400-foot-long booth that we could overlook. It's, yeah. I wouldn't want to ask. No, I will ask. What? Is, no, I yeah, won't we, ask. No, no, ask. So we think it's a million-dollar booth. It's... 
all in with all the expenses, it's north of that. Oh, wow. See, we weren't that far off, though. Yeah. Huh? And that, wow. I, that's why yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's, it's a beautiful booth. We're but, super stoked to be part of it. Yeah. Thank you. The yeah, trucks in here and the, and the Jeeps are just absolutely stunning. Appreciate it. I love the old iron, the new iron, and there's a lot of black and charcoal color trucks, and there's just a couple, boom, red truck, red Jeep, and it's just, it's nice. And they're everyday drivers. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing outrageous and crazy. Who designs the booth? So, for example, we had, um, we had uh, Stan Chen from Toyo Tires, and they have the, the Toyo Tread Pass, and we were talking to him about how do you curate the, the, the mix of vehicles? And so you have, you could choose anything you wanted to be in this booth. If someone said, if I'm a truck owner and you said, I'd like to, I'd like to use your vehicle, nobody would, you'd have to be out of your mind to say no to Lund to be in their booth, right? Well, I, I, the secret sauce so far is, obviously you've got a 2018 uh, F-150, maybe two of them, and then you've got the 2019 Ram, 2019 JL, and 2019 Silverado. So clearly you guys have that, but you also have some really cool older iron in here as well. Oh, and it, it looks like a 2018 uh, TRD Pro. Yeah. And we got a Scout, an old Scout yeah. here. We got 1917 old milk truck. Which is freaking awesome with a with a wrecker crane on the back of it. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Which can haul ass, by the way. Really? It's awesome. What's it, under, it's what's gone up hood? Moab. Um, some big diesel on it. Oh, okay. love it. He didn't give me the specs. Uh, just big and ugly and mean, and I it love works. it. And you guys are attracting quite a crowd around that thing, too. It's really yeah. cool. It's gotten some press. I just love the uh, the stainless steel vent shades. That's so cool. It's all about the Instagram. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this takes a big coordination and logistics just oh, to figure man. out all of this. It, it We're working on this for a solid six months. Uh, were you really? Yeah. So you get a little a bit of a break, and then you're jumping right back in for back next year. Back in, yeah. And then I guess six months out, you may not even know all the products that will be in production and stuff that's ready. So yeah. you kind of have to guess what placement's going to look like, what's hanging on the wall yep last minute matter of fact saturday we had to pivot a little bit last yeah. minute stuff so yeah, yeah it's uh you got to always have a plan b yeah definitely a sema <laughs> it's is, is there one spot jason that people can go to online to see all of the brands or do they need to go to amp research and then lund and then this or you can start at lundinternational.com it'll give you the brands you want to search or by the product category you want to oh, search. Oh, okay, there you go. And it'll take you into the brands. Because if you want a tonneau cover, because you may not be sure which one you need, and it'll be kind of be able to A, B, back and forth. Yeah, it'll give you the choices amongst the brands. Okay. styles. Okay, great. Yeah. Dude, can't thank you enough for having us up here. Yeah, enjoyed this it. Is Thanks, fun, guys. Yeah, no, this is cool, and we appreciate you not having choices in podcasts uh, up here <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, and and nice. for feeding us, because uh, we've been uh, on the SEMA grind, and uh, you guys have been gracious with uh, plenty of water and food, and uh, we feel like you're illegitimate children. Yeah. Anytime, guys. You have a great team. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Appreciate right. it, guys. All right, thanks. <laughs> Seriously? Holman, introduce our next guest, please. Oh, man. We got uh, our good buddy, Matt Felderman, who's a uh, big, fat liar face, who uh, came on. Why is on. he a big, fat liar face? Because <laughs> he came on. We're like, hey, what's AEV have? He's like, I don't know. We can't talk about it. Yeah. Nothing good. And then all of a sudden, we hit SEMA, and it's like, oh, my God, it's every AEV product you've ever wanted to see ever. And uh, I walked by the booth, and I couldn't even see the so new you, JL. So you are a big, fat liar face. <laughs> Dude, I curved you guys so good. You <laughs> know it. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, we're sort of just working on some stuff, but we don't want to be first to market. You know us. We we're all about quality, and you know you'll get it when you get it. So stop talking to me, kid. And uh, and meanwhile, Pink rocks. AEV Bison uh, version of the uh, ZR2 comes out. Complete freaking JL line suspension, bumpers, everything comes out. And I'm like looking at him like seriously, like you couldn't even wink. You <laughs> couldn't not even give nothing? us a tidbit. Come on, <laughs> bro. Oh. Hey, man. <laughs> no, he's a good businessman. That's, that's no, the reality. I mean, no, I mean, why is he, you know he's got the job for a reason? But right. 
All right, so your ad team of 2018, what are we seeing here? What's the new, what's the new hot stuff? So much stuff. So much. So uh, much stuff. Yeah. By the way, before we get started on that, I think it's really important to, uh, to talk about the fact that Matt has a uh, wildlife cam in his backyard. <laughs> And literally hundreds of raccoons come in the middle of the night and just hang out. What? Yeah. Dude. Is that for real? I swear. Yeah. 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 Explain Dude, how did that get started? He'll post on Facebook yeah. and there'll be like 50 pairs of eyes <laughs> staring at you and they'll be like, here's this big fat one that comes by and there's a raccoon just chilling in his backyard in Michigan. Yeah. Now, do you, with flash photography, do, do, does it like, do their eyes glow back it's at you? It's infrared. Oh, it's uh, infrared? But, yeah. but no, we've we've crossed so many boundaries. It went from two acres away to one to a half <laughs> to now my patio. And they put their hands on the door. It, <gasps> oh, yeah. And my cat sits there nose to nose. Dude, it's a yeah. sea of raccoons. Yeah. I'm not like oh, a sea of raccoons. Yeah, my wife and I, lo- we love animals. So oh, my gosh. It, They're playing I, the Roxy, by the way, on next Friday. The sea, sea of, of animals. Oh, sea, sea of raccoons. raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> they eat well. I go out and get them Old Roy at, at Walmart, put it out there on the patio for them. Do you really? I swear to God. Oh, so you're, all right. You can't even walk in his backyard yeah. without stepping on a raccoon. Oh, it's now. awesome! Possums, <laughs> raccoons. But now possums coyotes, are not yeah. cool. Oh, I love them all. Do you I really? Love them all. Yeah. But possums are evil. Maybe not in the wild, but when they're in your backyard, they're not. No, cool. they're not. They really? hiss at you. They're they're all wired. You can, I mean, don't yeah. go pet a wild possum, but they're they're not they're not bad. So they're not docile. Sure, they are. They're no. just they're just mean up front, and then once you just, you know show them that you're not gonna hurt them, <laughs> and they crawl in the ball and they play dead, and you're just like, hi, possum. You cannot pet. Don't act like it's. No, a, I've pet like a possum. A I've had a possum on my shoulder the same way there's been a possum on my block wall. Wait a minute. In what circumstance did you have a wild possum on? I your didn't back? say a wild possum. Well, that's different. It was, it was very nice. No, well, I don't, wouldn't call it domesticated possum. Dude, the possums in the wild are mean <laughs> sons of bitches. They are. All right, so we got Mi- way off yeah. topic. Meanwhile, yeah. Matt has a wildlife sanctuary <laughs> in his backyard. I, but seriously, like, I think where I, is this wildlife sanctuary? In what state? I, what? Where? Um, just outside of Flint, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. I just, I, you know, he'll post on Facebook and literally see <laughs> raccoons and be like, "Dude, here's our cam tonight." And I'm like, I just, I, I endless joy from seeing those posts. Yeah. I don't have that in Southern California. I feel remiss by uh, by I, not mentioning it. Yeah, it, it is really cool. It is. <laughs> The little things. You it know, when you get old, you, you find enjoyment in a lot of weird <laughs> stuff. You're not that old. How old are you? 37. That's not that like old. Like sleeping in a chair? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the seam has been so crazy. I went to bed the other night. You late fe- in bed. You fell asleep in the chair in your hotel well, room? I went to my hotel room, right? Yeah. And it's even normally it's like one in the I remember we used to wake up or the sun would go up and we would be like, oh, we have to go to work now. Like all night. Uh, right? That sucks. Okay, that was long. That was in my 20s. Now it's like I went to the hotel room after uh, I think we did Monday. Laid down and I woke up at 7 a.m. wide awake and I'm like, oh, what time is it? And I hadn't moved. Like I literally hadn't moved. I didn't even have like the 4 a.m. go to the bathroom where you go, oh, I got three more hours. You were no. on top of, Dude, you weren't under the nope. covers. On top of it, I had taken my shoes off. That's about as far as I got. Done. <laughs> Done for the day. So oh, I anyway. so love that. <laughs> love that. All right, Matt, let's get back to what you're, right. uh, you're debuting here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, well. We're talking about raccoons and sleeping in your clothes. <laughs> Anything but AEV. No. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, well, great segue. Um, yeah, so what is new for us this year? Probably the biggest news is our JL product line. Um, we've been working for you know almost a year straight on you know developing a, a complete vehicle package for the JL Wrangler. So um, that includes a front bumper. Uh, full suspension, rear bumper, tire carrier, wheels, um, you know, all the core components of our vehicle packages. That's kind of like our phase one. 
you know, and then we have much more stuff in the pipeline. But oh, at least he admitted it this yeah, time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, really one of the biggest stories for us, and one of the things we're most proud of is um, we're introducing a new uh, manufacturing process slash material to the aftermarket by using hot stamped boron steel. Uh, oh, that's right. We had talked we about talked this. About yeah. and, and then I had the question, on, like, on what the, skid, the hell is yeah, it? Yeah, on the skid yeah. plates for the AV Bison edition uh, Z- Chevy ZR2. So that's really yeah. a thing that wasn't just a one-off for that one project. Like, Oh, it's, no. That, huh. So, boy, this is gonna we're going to be talking for a while. But, um, yeah, through the GM program, we, we, were with it, we were under constraints on how much weight we could add to that vehicle. Sure. You know, we were given, you know, a certain amount of weight, and you got to, you know, keep your diet under that. So... We did, and and that's how we started looking at different materials that were the same strength as mild steel, but we could use less of it. So um, that's where we where we found you know the hot stamp boron steel. Basically, it's very similar to what um, Volvo pioneered in like the A pillars. You wow. know, it's it's really used in safety applications. We're really the first. So it's like lightweighting the safety cage of a car. Yeah, sort of thing, where, yeah. where you would replace uh, door traditional beams, yeah. okay. You know, stuff normally associated with safety components so we're definitely the first in the aftermarket to ever use it for you know a exterior application it's literally the perfect material for skid plates huh and why do you suppose after all these years you are the first i mean i'm glad that you are but why it is expensive it's extremely expensive and it doesn't make sense for everything honestly it everything has to be looked at you know, kind of from a business side and say, does it make sense to spend this much, this much extra money to achieve this benefit? Because then, yeah, your market share goes way down to only the, the really rich guys that can have right. a lot of toys. Right. So um, skid plates, for example, were something that financially we could do, um, you know, and still put out a product at a reasonable price that's obviously very high quality. Um, but it's it's something that we also were concerned with weight because FCA went through all this trouble to lighten up the Wrangler as much as possible. You know, they're using aluminum in places they never have before. So, you know, we want to try and preserve that. So our JL bumper, by using a hot stamped boron steel center section, fully dressed, is 20 pounds lighter than our JK bumper. Holy mackerel. A lot. 20 yeah. pounds. Yeah. It's significant. It's the same size bumper. You yeah. get all the same features and benefits. You still have fog lights and, and crash protection yep. and the ability to mount your winch and your lights and everything you expect from a bumper, 20 pounds less. Although you could have had that weight savings if just either Holman or I <laughs> went on a diet. Or, or, or didn't, didn't sit in your Wrangler. <laughs> you get about 500 pounds of weight savings then. <laughs> but yeah, and you know the other cool thing is um, our new front bumper is a modular design. So now someone can have a stubby or a full width. Which is ah. sick. We were always, uh, not criticized, but the one you know, p- thing people would say with our front bumpers is, I love it, but it's full width. I want to run a stubby. Okay. You know, and we never had a solution. How for does that. it fasten together? Uh, it basically, if you have ever seen our Ram front bumpers, how the the corners are kind of the modular um, mm-hmm. component. Think of wings, I guess. Yeah, you the... have you have a standardized center section, and then the wings bolt on depending on which flare height you have, ah. or if you want a stubby or full width bumper. Because we're taking into account all the trim levels of the Wrangler. So we're gonna have multiple snorkels. Dude, out. that's a nightmare. So many part numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and back to Matt's comment about uh, not having the love of the AV product in the Jeep community, but not having a stubby. I have seen so many AV front bumpers 
and then they have like armored fenders. Yeah. And so their front bumper was always designed to match the flares. They yeah. Look OE. And then they love their bumper, but then they put these thin tube metallic or you know, metal you know fender flares on, it, and it just looks like ass. But they love their bumper; they don't want to part yeah. with it. So now those guys have a solution, which is freaking awesome. Yeah. Well, smart. And yeah. there's uh, there's there's knee pads on it. Yeah. What? Yeah. There's knee pads. So you have so like if you're what are you talking about on the bumper. Yeah, if you're kneeling on your bumper, working on something under the hood. Yeah, it it's not as hard on your knees. It's like a neoprene or a rubberized what? material that bolts yeah. to the bumper for your knee. Yeah, you're joking with me, no, right? No, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, and it's done very tastefully. <laughs> okay, it is done tastefully. <laughs> yeah, and they have their new bumper. It's like all formed. I mean, I, I this isn't the process. It's but funny because when you said knee pads, I was thinking like a rector for skateboarding. You know, like old school skateboard knee pad with no, the foam no, no, and the no. hard shell. And, and I thought, well, that'll look dumb bolted oh, on. No, 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 no. No, no, it's just like a little a pad that's bolted through that's, that you can yeah. kneel on it. to. Uh, you and know, it's weatherproof, up. obviously. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And uh, their bumpers have this, uh, they're subtly styled. They look OE, which is the AV's hallmark. Mm-hmm. It almost looks, and this, this is the wrong process, but it almost looks like hydroforming. Like the way there's these gentle lines and, 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 uh, Design the design language, and it just—they're they're gorgeous looking bumpers. It doesn't look like some dude went in the back and then fabbed up a bunch of plate and said, "I got myself a jail bumper." Yeah, and that's that's where the cost comes from because the the actual term is stamped. So um, our JK product line was just traditionally stamped uh, mild steel, still a, quite a bit different than traditional like press brake manufacturing. Sure. You can right there alone, you can cut weight. But then using the hot stamp process, that takes it to a next level. And it's a it's a really cool, nerdy process. To so look explain at. that briefly if you can. Yeah. The difference. So you're talking about one method, would you take one big plate and With then you press and then a press and, and, and you, well, versus bending a bunch of smaller pieces and then welding right, and then them, weld all them all together. together. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, traditional press brake manufacturing is, you know, the old school method of using you know, parts and pieces to create a certain shape, but without any fluid curves or bends. Stamping allows you to get those fluid curves and bends by, um, yeah, basically putting a, a piece of metal, you know, in a tool, stamping it, and, you know, it forms Like they your make, yeah, the OEs with door panels right. or hoods yeah, or sure, anything right. else. But to make those dies is insanely right. expensive, and that's, right? Yeah, and that's something that we, you know, it's very important to us to always retain our intellectual property own the tooling so that's a lot of money to put out that hopefully you can amortize over a certain number of units and maybe get back one day you're talking potentially millions right yeah oh wow depending on what yeah i mean it it can depending on what the program is yeah Yeah, a lot a lot but um but yeah and then hot stamping it's basically the same process as traditional uh stamping except the metal goes in glowing red and when it gets stamped, there's actually cooling ducts that go through the tool that cool it instantly. So it's like a heat treating and stamping process all, all at the in same one. time. Oh wow! Yeah, and yeah, the boron steel comes from that's that's the material that we're using. Got it. Yeah. So uh, we got a little geeky there, but I, no, I actually understand it and appreciate the yeah. description. And, and, and Matt still hasn't even told you about they have their own AEV branded uh, uh, lighting systems now that they're that are their yeah. own design. Yeah. Their own design. They're not private labeling somebody else's lights. They're not partnering with somebody. Now, why, Matt, you could have gone to like a KC Highlights and make really great lights, or you could have gone to, you We've know. We've been working with Vision X for years. Vision X is amazing. Um, they're amazing lights. Yeah, we use their light bars on our trucks. Um, yeah, why didn't we just, you know, do a private label light? We, we really, we were after a certain look. 
um, we love the look of like a traditional IPF driving light, just a clean housing, you know, nothing real futuristic about it, just a, a well-built, clean-looking product. And, you know, that's one thing that we didn't really find in any of the LED lights out there. They, there was you, always you something. You could have gone to, uh, you know, Vision X and we said, can you make one of these for us? And you would have got their high-quality lights. And yet... Now you're, but now you're getting into a totally the different housing. industry. The housing sorry, is the what housing. we wanted to do. I understand. We want that. Oh, so are you still using those guys for the for the internals? No, the internals we we sourced ourselves too. But really, to get to you get just the, love challenges, yeah, don't you? <laughs> yeah, we had to find someone that literally um, said, "Okay, you guys can design it from the ground up, and we'll just we'll supply you with the components. We'll make sure it works. We'll test it, and we'll use some of our." past experience in industrial applications to help yours. So things like vibration resistance, um, humidity resistance. Well, our, our lights IP69K rated, which that's not only waterproof, but that's hot water and high pressure water. So it's, you know, just trying to... You could sell these to like the mining industry at this point. Yeah. They, they yeah. will run, they will run underwater. Yeah. And they're, they're cool because they can mount the traditional way or on AEV's bumper you mount them on the hoop upside down, and now and you, you have hide clear... the wiring behind the hoop. Yeah, and now you not only are hiding the wiring, but you have more room to get your yeah. hands in for the winch. Yeah. Ah. Like all these little innovations. Yeah. Oh, how about the light bar that is behind a skid plate under the bumper? Yes. Wait, what? Yes. I can't now, picture that. Would how would wait. now our skid plate? So our skid. When we design a front bumper, we always try and raise it. So on the JL, the front bumper is actually raised about two inches to help with approach angle, even on a full width bumper. So um, it actually has a pretty big skid plate. So we kind of put some curves in it to hide that size. But one of the things we did is we allowed a provision for a 20 inch light bar to be protected and mounted basically right under the bumper where the skid plate starts. So oh. you get a nice low light if you're brilliant. A, yeah, I mean, one of the common issues that you've talked about, I think, is is, is mounting your, your lights too high. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Shooting over your windshield yeah. and you want them hitting trees. Yeah. And there's just a the reason noise. headlights. Noise from wind noise and yeah. things like that. I mean, just think of all the all the issues that come along with mm -hmm. that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, light. People don't think about light mounting and then they go get and they go, this thing whistles or my wife hates riding in my Jeep with me or whatever. And um, yeah, so the cool thing about the AV stuff is it keeps it all below the hood line, and so it's out of the airstream, mm -hmm. and it keeps it quiet and functional. And I, I, I obviously love AV, big fan of their products. You are a fanboy. I am. I am because there's guys who want the hardcore fabbed look, and that's fine. There's people out there who do that, but I love. For me, I want my Jeep to look cool and be capable, and I take it wherever. I've gone to the Rubicon. I've gone to Moab. I drive it. It never gets trailered. It is my daily driver, right? Mm -hmm. However, I don't want it to look inappropriate if we go out to dinner and the valet takes it at a hotel or, or at a restaurant or something right. like that. And an AV, it, it looks all integrated. It looks like it was supposed to be designed that way. It looks upscale, functional, and it doesn't look like... It's the, you know what it is? It's the difference between like a Ferrari and a Boy Racer Mustang GT or something with a bunch of stickers and hood scoops and like uh, hood vents and all that crap on it. That's, <laughs> that's what it is to me. It's like Got it. the, their Jeep, their aesthetic is is a higher level than a lot of other companies out there and nobody really does that oe look even mopar doesn't even do it the way aev does it in my opinion not they don't like mopar stuff but huh? just saying plead the fifth yeah right well you, <laughs> they, some of their mopar stuff um is is AV stuff so it looks yeah, really no. good so I, I like that but matt tell me about the sema experience so oh, we're talking gosh. to people who aren't yeah. here who may never be here and i wanted to what is explain this to to the average person from whose viewpoint, mine or, I, or the person coming here for a good time? 
yours okay and yours <laughs> as a fan well so from my viewpoint is i get here you know the saturday before the show starts you know i'm one of the first people to come in i'm responsible for setting up the booth um you know other guys will bring the cars over it's a ton of work to get started and then there's what four days of non-stop talking pretty much yeah um i am surprised i have a voice today this morning even. i woke up and i drank a lot of water because i was like oh, yeah. no the alcohol yeah. helps it at night <laughs> yeah right well there's yeah. two kinds of alcohol people don't realize this there's two kinds of alcohol at SEMA: the stuff for your hands and the stuff yeah. that kills everything <laughs> for your throat <laughs> um so yeah it's just a lot of talking meeting great people um we're, we're an international company so we we deal globally so this is often our only time over the course of a year to meet some of our international customers so that's great a lot of aussies here yeah yeah, and uh, it, it's a great time, but man, does it suck the life out of you? Oh, you know, yeah. I am. And then yeah. you're expected to go to work Monday morning, like like as if nothing happened. Well, Matt has a wife and kids, like we do. So yeah, like missing <laughs> Halloween, and it's it's tough. But. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Um, but yeah, it, it's a great experience. But on the other hand, it, it's really it takes a lot it's out a grind. of you. You know, and I'm I'm super lame. We we just we rent a house like a couple miles off the strip and we leave here and we like go back to our house and we're like really lame and quiet yeah no um, that's we're, not you won't see us at the at the clubs and, yeah. and all that but nothing wrong with that just yeah. man i couldn't do it not anymore not anymore <laughs> i think day. everyone tried it yeah. they do it for a couple of years and then they just give yeah. up they're like i just need to sleep the sema recovery was like two weeks in my youth i'm like i don't have time to feel bad for two right? weeks <laughs> now if you're coming here as a spectator or a um you know as a consumer, I guess you could say. Well, it wouldn't be a consumer. You're a shop owner. Yeah, yeah. shop. Yeah, right, right. So, um, yeah, if you're well, a dealer. Well, they open the outside to uh, the public on Fridays, right? Like, uh, I don't, is it Friday no. afternoon? I don't think they do that. No, right? no, 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 no. But yeah. Ignite does. The Ignite thing they That's do. That's why they started Ignite. Because yeah, you bring them for, out. For, yeah. for, it's like 20 bucks, and you see... I would see 90% of the show cars yeah. are stuffed into the parking lot under the link. That's the giant Ferris yeah, wheel Ferris down wheel. the street. Yeah. And that is open to the public. And Las Vegas turns out for that. Like, all of the fans and people drive in for that. Yeah. And uh, and they have some shows and burnout box and all that kind of stuff. So that is neat. So if you're, if you're listening to us now and you do want to experience... Yeah, uh, SEMA ignited. Hopefully, uh, it's probably today. <laughs> it's probably tonight, tonight if tonight. you're listening to the show. Correct. Yeah. It's tonight. You can still you can get in. You can walk up. Do it. Yeah. So it, if you're coming here as a as a dealer or a jobber, it it's overwhelming. I think you know, if, especially the first time you come here, it, it's just amazing. You you know it's going to be big, but you don't understand how big until you see it. Yeah. You know? and, what uh, what has the response been? This is the first time you guys have been at a big show with the Colorado ZR2, and so. Not only did I see one in Chevy's booth, which is freaking awesome, but you guys have one in your booth outfitted with a, a camper shell and rack and, yeah. and, and whatnot. Um, but this is really, since the announcement, the first time they've really been able to be seen in public. Unless you're at the Texas State Fair, there's a small display that there. That was the first. Yeah. yeah. And this this is it for, you know, kind of the really public uncovering for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's been really well received. I think, um, I, I don't want to say we came under scrutiny, but I think when the news broke i think it raised some eyebrows yeah you know kind of do they only see you as a jeep a jeep accessory company they kind of went why are you in this space a lot yeah a lot of people do think we're, we're jeep only even though we've kind of been Ram over the years we've slowly been you know sure. opening up you know to other platforms but yeah the, sh the whole chevy colorado thing i think that really took people by surprise and you know they they didn't understand why 
but this is this is a legitimate platform. Oh yeah, um, you I, know, I have one as a daily driver. Won the uh, 2018 four wheeler pickup truck of the year, mm-hmm. and we have one for a year, and I, I drive it every day. So I, and I'm tight with Multimatic guys, and and you know we talked about their shocks and all that kind of stuff, and it, it's it's. I know a lot of you out there are hardcore Toyota Tacoma fans. If you've never driven a Colorado, you won't know how bad <laughs> your, your Toyota, Toyota feels, right? Well, it's a great truck. The Tacoma is a great truck, except it's an old truck. It's been the same platform since 05. It has a new body on white and interior and drivetrain that make it feel like a new truck. Driving it back to back with the Colorado, especially the ZR2, a pro to ZR2, it, there's no there's no comparison. The ZR2 chassis is so much stiffer. The suspension, in my opinion, is tuned better, especially off-road. Maybe the Pro's a little bit better on the street. Steering is better in the Chevy. Brakes are better in the Chevy. It's just a phenomenal... The interior. It, it's yeah, a nice It's just interior. a phenomenal setup. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great platform. And, you know, you know Dave. Herod, oh, yeah. And, you know, the president of our company. And for those that don't know him or never met him, he is the one guy out there that would turn down... An, uh, Chevy, yeah, would turn them down if he didn't believe in the product yeah, that we were going to produce. He's, it, you know, we're not going to put our name on something that he wouldn't personally use or believe in. I'm so. on his Facebook, and he had even posted at some point. Uh, maybe it was when the concept came out last year um, that was uh, in the uh, in the Chevy booth that you know none of the production stuff. And he had said something to the effect of how shocked he was at how even surprised he personally was mm-hmm. at how good the vehicle was as a as a foundation for AEV's buildup. Yeah. I, yeah, Dave and, you know, some of our engineers, I this was a three-year project. So we, we did a lot of development testing. You know, we had the trucks on the Rubicon. We had them in Moab, we, Windrock. We, had, we sure. did a lot of testing these, and they surprised everyone. But that's through those t- testing um, exercises. where That's really where we developed, like, the need for skid plates. You know, yeah. taking a ZR2. Well, and a some stock those, ZR2 does not have a fuel tank skid plate right, from the factory. Correct. So, did you destroy the stock one? Is that how you found out? Yeah. Or you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and no, because it wasn't uh, even a pause. No, 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 because they could have put it on a on a hoist and sure. looked and stood under it and said, "Well, what, why don't we build this and build that and build sure. that?" But you went out there and beat the crap out of it and said, "Well, this is an issue area right yeah, here." Yeah, and well, we knew that for there the was, hardcore guy, right? So, I think the standard stuff is really good. It's a nice upgrade over the standard Colorado. Uh, and the ZR2 is, and then I think the Bison Edition takes it really to the next level for the guy that's going that much deeper in the woods, that much further down a backcountry road. If if overlanding or adventure travel of any sort is your thing, that's really the ultimate truck. You can get it with a diesel engine. It's legitimately winch ready from the yeah. factory. Yeah, like legitimately, you don't have to buy a winch mount or right. anything like that. It's ready, um, and all the all the options that are supported by the factory i mean that's a that's a great platform especially the fact that we've talked about this before front and rear lockers right. and the fact you can turn all the electronics off and one of the biggest hits in my opinion for toyota is you cannot turn off the nannies and you can lower the threshold slightly but they don't ever turn off and so you can drive the zr2 sideways in the desert even the diesel you get that par- the power band the turbo on the boil and you can drive with the throttle even on the diesel the 305 horsepower 3.6 v6 with the new eight speed, Whoops. I didn't like it with the six speed. With the eight speed, absolutely freaking rocks off road. It's fast, it's fun. You can rotate it. You turn, you put it in off road mode. Take all the nannies off, and that thing is just a driver's vehicle. And what's nice about it is, you know, Raptor is like otherworldly, right? A Raptor will bite you, and it will bite <laughs> you fast. The Colorado is fun because in the Raptor, you're worried about making a mistake because there's so much power and so much capability. I really feel like the ZR2 is easier to drive fast and more forgiving. 
especially in the diesel because you can't really get over your head but you can hit some really big stuff with it and so i think the the stress of of pushing the limits in the colorado is a lot lower than pushing the limits in a raptor yeah you know and at, from a component standpoint we've been, been getting great feedback on the aesthetics yeah. of the truck as a whole both in its you know we'll call it stock form and sure. uh, our outfitted version that we have um, our version in our booth, we um, put some 295.70 tires on it, like a big 33. Um, we have the GM Performance Stage 3 suspension okay, on so it. Okay, so you have the, the little lift with the better Multimatics on it? So, Stage 3, and I, I don't know how much of the, this has changed, so if yeah. anyone from GM's listening, I apologize if I yeah, we uh, <laughs> mess this up. We just um, had Mark Dickens on, and uh, <laughs> yeah. so he, we were talking about so that. From, I believe that stage three is everything of the big suspension kit, less the body lift and okay. and the replacement shocks. Okay, got it. So these right. have the ZR2 shocks right. on it, right. no body lift, but yeah. like everything. So GM else. has a, basically from the from GM, you can get a uh, an off road system that is straight from uh, Chad Hall's race truck. So it's a, a body lift, a leaf spring pack, a um, a um, locating bar for the uh, rear axle and a diff cover. Uh, Multimac has an upgraded shock. You get a little bit more wheel travel out of it. Thicker shaft size, arms. upper control arm. Which, honestly, if you have a ZR2, go get the upper control arms anyway. Right. Just do it. Because I think just the shocks and the upper control arm make a big difference on that because you get a little bit more droop and that you get that ball joint angle. For me, the biggest miss on the ZR2 is I almost wish it was an inch lower because I want that inch back and down travel. And uh, and so if you're going over cross stitches or jumping it, you feel that. Otherwise, it's an amazing off-road. Yeah. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah. <laughs> I have fun. Uh, well, yeah. I am going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to turn off the mics and follow you over to your booth. Okay. Yeah, we got to check it out, and uh, thanks for coming back. But we got a lot more to cover, and uh, he won't tell us, but Ram <laughs> is coming out. Say what? There's got to be more JT, JL stuff. I mean, he's, you know, he's not he's saying just, anything. He's just looking he's at just us. Looking. I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm looking at you. I'm not even looking at Matt because Matt is going to be just he's a he's denier. Gonna us. Let's just right. say there's going to be reasons to be back on the show. Oh, Deal. All I right. love it. All right. Love, love it. it. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Matt. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks, buddy. All right, so we're sitting here with Chase from Innovate Design Lab. Now, Chase, we uh, spoke on the phone a couple weeks ago, I think. And yeah, that's correct. I, we hunted you down because you're, you're creating the most realistic uh, renderings of concept cars. Uh, photo realistic rendered in 3D. That Holman and I had ever seen. In fact, we, I'm walking around looking at some of the, uh, what I believe were Chase's uh, renderings, and I'm not sure if they're real or still his renderings in real life. They're so real. <laughs> Someone 3D printed uh, a <laughs> yeah, fake so, truck? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, is that real? So now, Chase, have you been to SEMA before? Um, yes, I have. So two years ago I came, um, but I was just a spectator uh, walking around and looking at all the different products. So. How'd you get in? Um, I was actually with American Force Wheels at that time okay. as well. Okay. I always want to know because I'm like, do you, do you do a little something something on Craigslist or what? <laughs> so I mean, there is an underbelly of people who probably yeah. make passes, although they do. They there are kids with strollers here yesterday, which is totally not allowed at SEMA. I don't know how they got in. Yeah, they are very clear about no children. Yeah, I think they yeah. repelled from the roof or something. They've got roof vents or something. And so Chase, you, I guess, if you came in with American Force, you had designed a rendering. I'm assuming for um, no. I, you well, knew well, I did. Um, I'm with American Force, uh, just because I've done a lot of concepts for them. Um, I created a lot of promotional material for them this year uh, for social media. Got it. Um, so I, I knew the, the marketing director over there pretty well because uh, I've done a lot of work for him. And he's not there anymore, right? It's, oh, since, it's now since now it's Wheel Pros own the company. Correct. Wheel Pros owns the company. Um, there's still a marketing guy for American Force, um, which I know still Jason know pretty Sandusky. well. Yep, Jason Sandusky. Yep. Jason. Okay, uh, who was Jason. on a couple days ago. That's correct. 
You're, Holman, you're pausing the podcast again no, to I'm shoot not. You don't, you a can selfie. Talk. You, I can't know. We're too lean just, in. All lean right. In. All right, I'm leaning in. Here we go. It's not good podcasting. <laughs> it's not good. Nobody knows what I'm doing because it's not a video program. And then but you I, call but me I, out. I stop because it's so distracting. You you turn it. You stop talking. You know, and then you're you like, turn away. You know, nobody's done anything with social, by the way. But when he says nobody, he means me. In like seven days, I'm like, I don't have pictures. Well, but you don't. Why is everything to, on our page? You. But you don't have That's to right. take them while we're recording. Yes, because we forget. Well, then it's just, it is what it is, All but right. you stop it's, it's every time. It's in the moment. <laughs> you got to have it in the moment. So every single interview we do, we stop. I know we do. I got it. I got it. We don't take pictures anymore. We basically have Chase render every one of our guests <laughs> and us, and then we'll just swap them out. <laughs> Some are aliens, animals. Uh, well, can you do that? Oh, we can do anything. <laughs> yes, you can. He I makes have vehicles that aren't real. I should have him re-render my F100 in its maybe current state, and we'll do stages of what it might look like in like the next four We're years. We're all you and I are all tall and thin and attractive. <laughs> oh, can you do that? <laughs> we can do anything. Oh, do you need a green screen? <laughs> so, what is it like, Chase, seeing your maybe this is an old question? Your creations here in person and. Do they do your renderings justice? Oh, yeah. Right. I like that. Uh, to answer your first question, it, it's honestly, um, it's unbelievable. It, 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 it's deeply humbling uh, experience just to see so many builds come to life that you have designed. Um, even the, the rotating F-150, we designed that truck for Lund. You oh, did? Wow. Yeah. We, I didn't know that. We, we created the We just learned and, that. That was know. a great piece of information. <laughs> Wish <laughs> I had known that before. Uh, we, we did our research. <laughs> and uh, the actual rendering's all over the new product guide. and it's Shut on the, the front that's door. That's not even a picture. That's a rendering. <laughs> yes, that is our rendering. Oh, that that's created. funny. Yeah. I've been sitting here looking at it for like three hours. And I'm like, yeah, oh, that's a nice picture. Yes. That is so funny that we did not know that. Oh, I feel like such a moron again. <laughs> That's correct. So when we, do you not feel like a moron? I mean, all day, every day. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we designed um, that truck that that's down there, and it, like you said, it's it's a very humbling experience. So we ended up doing around 120 vehicles that are present at the show this year. Wait, no, sorry, no, what? No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Why would you lie right to her face? You didn't. <laughs> you made 20, maybe 120. Hold you can't on, just tack on a zero that, just for that's radio. That's almost sake. one a day with like a couple weekends off. Uh, there are no no days off, no days off in our business. We were um, there towards the end, the three four weeks before SEMA. We were pumping out about two a day. Um, do you have a? Uh, a it's not possible. Do you have I a have basement watched... with like thirty high school kids just uh, coding away? <laughs> right? and they're like, what is? What does that look Feeds like? Feed them cheese and crackers. Yeah. Wait a second. Ham Hold on. I have seen what it takes because it's man hours to make mm -hmm. these renderings. How, you can't make them that fast. I'm calling you out. <laughs> I'm telling you, Chase, you're lying to me. 120? No, 120, yes. We, um, so when we originally talked on the first uh, podcast, I believe I was sitting right around 80. Yeah. Um, so right. we ended up having a 40 additional come oh in right before, right before the in show. In like three weeks. Yeah. Now, wait weeks. a minute. Why would someone need a rendering immediately before the show? They don't have time to build the vehicle. Right, so this was more for promotion. Um, it, it seemed right before SEMA, people were trying to promote their build um, before it was finished. Uh, and come from, see it at the show. Right. Uh, we're not going to show you the real truck, but this is what you need to look for kind right, of thing. Exactly. Got it. So Got it. it was more promotional. Um, but, yes, yeah, so it, it was it was very hectic a few weeks before SEMA. We were actually designing all the way up until we left for the airport. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, do you walk around with a laptop where you're sitting at the airport still still working? I no, guess you don't, we, have, you don't have the horsepower on a laptop. Oh, to oh, make no. these renderings. Oh, no, not even okay. close. Okay. Could you imagine your laptop battery would be dead in about 10 minutes and be molten hot? 
can even have it on your legs on the airplane or exactly. anything. Exactly. So yeah, we were we were designing nonstop. It was it was crazy hectic. But we ended up with 120 design vehicles um, that are displayed here at the event, and uh, it, it's it's truly an awesome experience. So with to, all the money from those designs, which uh, real life vehicle are you going to go out and buy yourself now as a reward? <laughs> Any Lamborghinis, McLarens, or no, no, no. <laughs> we uh, uh, currently reinvesting uh, everything back right, into well, the you're business. Smart, you're a smart business. No, man. See, he truly is a geek above all because he's like. Mm, what more computer gear can I buy? <laughs> right, yeah, That's totally. exactly what he's thinking. More, more, more my, horsepower. More my horsepower. server room is only at 40 degrees. I wonder if I can get it to 30. <laughs> Do you have, I assume, is, is your uh, your computer, uh, your they all water-cooled, the, the CPUs? Yes, that's correct. We have... Uh, we have uh, we do have a dedicated server um, to produce all of our renderings. Um, His computers have ice in their veins. <laughs> no, seriously, are they water cooled? Yes, they are. See, Holman, I just said that. <laughs> air cooled, air cooled doesn't do it do it doesn't do it justice. Well, that and you could heat your whole neighborhood. I'm sure <laughs> in the wintertime. Exactly. Um, so it, it is a truly a humbling experience, and and there are a lot of beautiful builds out here, and we are very happy to be a part of a portion of them. Right on, brother. Well, it's awesome to see your success. I think it's awesome that you have 120. Oh, my God. Which is your favorite here? You've got to have one. Um, I, I have a few that are on the top of my list. Um, one is, is Wait, built. Wait, hold on, hold on. How many children do you have? I have zero children. Okay. okay. I see, well, we can, I, there's always a thing. It's like, how do I choose between my no, children? No, so in this <laughs> case. I was going to see if he's the dad who actually did have a favorite child. <laughs> no, no, no. But he does. I can tell you've got a favorite here. Um, it's the Tweedy's tire build in the American Force Wheels booth. It's sitting on a um, 50, 15 to 20 inch adjustable striker off-road kit with sword shocks. Um, that is definitely one of the top of my list. Extremely clean build. Um, it, it has an impeccable attention to detail. This is not the blue one, is it? No, this is a, it's black and red. It, black and red. They're calling it the Queen of Queen of Hearts. I okay, um, it, it's a beautiful build. It, like like I said, impeccable attention to detail. Um, it's in the American Force Wheels booth. That's definitely top five. We uh, need to talk list. to the Striker guys because I remember and the Plan B guys and the Plan B guys because yeah. I remember when Striker first started out, he was um, that K Rock. Yeah, not that striker. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, people, that's a reference. Almost no one gets except was Yeah. So striker started out, and he was using bulletproof uh, existing lifts from other mm-hmm. companies, and he was putting plates yeah. with his logo on them. And it was he was you know he wasn't how do I say this? He was working with those companies, and everyone was groovy with it. But then it looks like he's now making his own. Is that correct? That's correct. So and he, uh, he is in when to say. Full force is oh, no. an understatement. I've seen oh, yeah. scores of striker equipment. He's vehicles. really going big outside here. I mean, there's got to be dozens of his trucks, and we need to get them on the show because they re- look really well engineered. Now, they're big lifts. Oh, yeah. They're not, uh, these aren't like four, six inch. They're oh, all 12 no. inch plus. Correct. And it looks, yeah, we, we need to talk to him. Is he, are, are they cool people? Oh, yeah. Uh, Kyle um, Kyle Bennett is the uh, owner of Striker. He's, a, he's an extremely nice guy. Funny story. Um, he actually lives 20 minutes away from me in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, um, so we are we are really good friends. Uh, we know each other really well. He's actually one of the ones who um, helped innovate, uh, get well known in the industry because he came to me and wanted me to render all of his suspensions um, ah. and builds this year. Um, so that's how we got started because he saw um, a few of my animated renders and he said, "I've, I've got to have that." That's the best way to promote my builds. Um, so we work very closely on a lot of designs. Um, so I've done 
Uh, I would probably say about 25 renderings for Striker this year. Not all of them are present at SEMA mm-hmm. um, because a few of them were personal builds. But but Kyle, Kyle and his team are they're they're great people and they're awesome to work with. Well, we'll get him on the show. But thank you for coming by, dude. Oh, yeah. of course. We I, need a, I need a I, map to go find all of your builds so that I can hold on your Instagram in my left hand and the right hand take yeah. a, a picture of the real one and or, see or like a trifold or something yeah. that has pictures of them that we can match it's like collect all 120 if you do that you get like a sticker or something from him it's actually yeah it's, it's it's been crazy walking around here because I've been I've been trying to find every single build and I'll walk by a booth and I'm thinking what did I, I make look, that? That looks familiar. <laughs> and I walk over to the other side. I'm like, oh, yeah. That, that is mine. I, <laughs> I did design that. Well, dude, right on. Congratulations so, on the success. Thank and uh, you. we will keep in touch because we want to see uh, what else you uh, you have up your sleeve. And we're entering a new show season. So I'm sure you're going to get busy again pretty quick. Oh, yeah. We, we're already booking renders for SEMA of 2019. Oh, uh, my we've, Lord. We've already right. have lists started and we're, we're taking orders. And everybody's already contacting us about what they want to build for 2019. So, all right. Congratulations. Thank well, I uh, can't wait to see what you come up with next. And uh, if people want to contact you or find you, what's your uh, what's your social? Um, it's at Innovate Design Lab. Um, and you can also send us an email at contact at InnovateDesignLab.com. So if you've got rendering needs, this is the man to go to. These things are beautiful. So, Thank you. I really Fantastic. appreciate it. And it was great meeting you all as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh.